We have an additional person. I don't like that. You you didn't go to math school, Rob? I didn't go to plusing college. (laughs) (laughs) N plus one. Oh, do you guys recognize that voice? Oh. Who's that? Oh, that's Scott Graham. How's it going? (laughs) Scott freaking Graham. So, yeah, we have a fifth. And... We'll see how it goes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they let me in the recording once last week, and I never closed the app, so <laughs> I'm here to stay. <laughs> You're just here. <laughs> I'm not leaving, so if you guys want to record, guess what? I'm going to be here. That's kind of what he told us. Mm-hmm. So here he is. Yeah, they tried to What's boot me for on? 45 minutes. Yeah, You just stayed logged on the whole time. That's, uh, that's dedication. Maybe that's something we ought to look into. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, we even told them the wrong day and everything. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong time. Jeez, it's so what's like, happening? I have to go to school. No, I'm waiting for the next recording. <laughs> you don't know when they're going to log back on. It could be any minute. <laughs> so what's new, guys? What's happening? Anybody doing anything fun and exciting this week? I'm sure Devin didn't. Wow, <laughs> isn't it Devin's birthday week? Do you turn 12 this week? I mean, 21. Uh, I turn no, I I don't turn twelve this week. Not this week. It's the next week. We have the same birthday. Yeah. Guess how guess how old I'm gonna be, Devin? Uh forty-five. Oh, dude, I knew I liked you. It's gonna be the same age. That's what same birthday means, dummy. <laughs> oh, twenty one, my bad. Turn in twenty one. <laughs> oh, to be twenty one again. Oh my god. Months? Just wait. One more week. Youth is yeah, wasted right? on the young, I'm telling you that right now. But uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I think, 51 years old. I'd have to ask my wife to confirm that. She's <laughs> She's got all the all the legal details. She's got all the dates memorized. And I, you know, I, after, I think it was around 35, I just kind of quit counting. I mean, what's the point? You know, it's all downhill from there anyway, right? Right. You're just some amount of older. <laughs> Is it really? Oh, boy. 51. don't worry Devin it'll catch up to you one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be 51 years old I'll be long dead by then oh Jesus Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I hope not oh yeah there's no question I got about I got a good 12 10 years left 12 15 maybe you said 20 the last show yeah Yeah. (laughs) this this is bad (laughs) what's happening here (laughs) I got a cold last week, so that, that subtracted some time. Shortened your lifespan. Shortened the oh, lifespan. No. Jesus. Every right. show it goes down. <laughs> it just gets worse it's and worse. Adult death syndrome. 
(laughs) 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 He started thinking about planks and now he's got like RC brain cancer. (laughs) Oh, God. From holding the transmitter too close to his eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Dan, you're not dead talk. yet. You're only 51. Uh, you're good, <sighs> man. Your your cake is will maybe catch on fire a little bit, but you just got to blow it out really fast, you know, if you got enough wind in you. I don't. That's the problem, Rob. I don't. Uh, anyway, your wife candle. could probably blow hard enough. No, for dude. Both of you. Once you get to a certain age, they just start giving you a five and a and a one. They don't they don't actually put 51 <laughs> candles on there anymore. <laughs> just save a buck on the wax. <laughs> The opposite of 15, so you're good. Yeah, you can reuse them. <laughs> yeah. Just go to Walmart and get one of the big old fat stock candles and just light it. <laughs> so, Devin, what are, you, uh, what are you doing for your birthday, man? Anything fun? I mean, 21, that's a pretty monumental, monumental. Oh, my God. Monumental. See? See? I <laughs> didn't take word? my Aricept this morning. <laughs> that, that starts at 50. What are you doing, man? What are you going to do? Anything fun? Uh, gonna go dr- are you going to go drinking? I might, I might. Yeah, you have your first alcoholic beverage. It's on a work day. The thing that sucks about it is once it's legal, it's no longer as exhilarating. Well, so exactly. It's, yeah, that's it's a not a big deal anymore. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great, I'm legal. I should go. Uh, it's not fun to go to a bar anymore because I don't get the excitement of ah, I snuck into a bar. You know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I saw your dad uh, was. I guess he's going to try to get I guess you guys are getting together in the middle of the week or the end of the week and going to do some flying somewhere in New Jersey yeah Yeah. well yeah in New York yeah in in Croton on the Hudson yeah in New York Um, that's Saturday Croton on the Hudson yes okay sounds like an airplane thing (laughs) no Scott knows where that is yeah it's 15 minutes away from where I used to live oh yeah yeah it's a good place we're going to get okay. together, maybe go to the diner that's down the road from there and just have some fun with friends, you know? Hmm. What Sounds diner? like Thanks. a good time. Yeah, it's going to be a nice. good time. Flying helis and, you know, hanging out with friends. That's always the best. Can't go wrong. Exactly. So, Devin, did you crash this week? I actually didn't do any flying this week. No fly. No, it was raining all weekend. Yeah. It was. It was bad. Yeah, it was just. I. I think we were. We were planning on going down to the Modown Friday, and then we got word like when we were coming home that everyone was driving home because it started downpouring. Yeah, and we're like, all right, well, if everyone's driving home, we're not going to take a six-hour drive and a full tank of fuel to go hang out with like twenty people. So we stayed Stop. home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think about it, you know, diesel's expensive. Did you do anything heli related this week? Heli related. Did you touch yeah, this? I, did you buy anything? <laughs> I, I, I actually, I'm getting ready to purchase some more batteries because my batteries are getting a little old. So I'm going to do that. Getting my Oxy 2 flying that I have. I got a motor in ESC. I just need to get some servos. And then uh, working on getting another helicopter flying again as well. I had an Oxy once. <laughs> yeah, you said you didn't like it at all. <laughs> what, uh, what hell are you trying to get back in the air? 
uh, another heli from Oxy. Oh yeah. Oh. Is, it, is it named after a superhero? Maybe. Uh, no, it's named after the guy from Ted. Uh, better get that thing fixed in a flash. Yeah, Flash Gordon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I no, see I'm, what you did there. Yeah, man, you want to see more of that thing flying? I do too. I'm working on getting parts uh, all arranged for it and all of that fun stuff, and trying not to be. Too much of a pain to Luca, giving him his time as well, because he's still getting over all the COVID stuff as well and trying to get all the oxy parts back into order how they were. So I'm not trying to bombard him with, hey, I need this. I need this. You know, it's just, hey, I'm going to, I'll send you the list. And then when you have time, look through it, get it to me. All right. Be honest. When you called him to tell you that you planted it, how long was the sigh? Actually. <sighs> I wasn't even the one that told him. <laughs> Who stole your thunder? Raster webs, probably shit. Uh, a friend of mine that I fly with is um, Rasmus Jacobson. Uh, t- was the day that it happened. I'm like, oh, all right, let me get it taken apart. And then, like, while I was taking it apart, he goes, "Oh, this is what Luca said." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I was I was getting ready to tell him. What a friend! <laughs> yeah. Right. That's already softened the blow for you. Yeah, it made it a little easier, you know. Well, now that's a that's a part of testing helicopters, you know. But I don't think it was a fault of the helicopter. I I had just traveled for a month. I was in Germany for a month. It had been all apart for a month. It went through the plane ride from from America to Germany. So I don't know if anything got hurt or bent or anything like that. They're not super nice to luggage, so. Crazy. Yeah. Well, just working on getting it back together, basically. That's pretty much what this week was. Nothing super exciting. No crashes, no nothing. Just a rebuild. Yeah. Devin, you're boring me to death, man. I swear to God. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. All right. Who wants to go next? How about Scott? Let's hear from Scott. Scott, what have you been up to? Man, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure I have to take a no fly. Ugh. No fly. But oh, it hurts. That's the last one, I swear. Even okay. if it means like grabbing the S2 and just flying something in the backyard. Or M2, sorry. So uh. those of you that know me know that I've been trying so hard to avoid nitro for quite some time. Like uh, maybe two years now. Can and I ask why? 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 So I guess it was less than two years. It was a year and a half. But when my son was born, my wife didn't want any nitro or chemicals in the house. So oh, I had to kind of okay. purge all the nitro stuff just so we didn't get into it. Sure. So I also kind of decided, you know what? Nitro is really expensive. I was mixing my own nitro and it was getting upwards of like 43 bucks a gallon to mix it. Something around there. It just wasn't cost Dang. effective anymore. And I was like, this, this is dumb. I'm just going to go electric. So I ended up selling everything my my jersey modeler jug my starter my uh you know all my glow plugs and igniters and tools and like everything i had no more nitro so i wouldn't like tempt myself back into it and then there might have been a buddy of mine about a week and a half ago that literally gave me everything he gave me his n7 he gave me his starter (laughs) his fuel jug two gallons of rotor rage mind you the good stuff um Oh my God. Yeah, everything. I just couldn't believe it. Like turnkey nitro setup. Here you go. 
So I'm royally screwed. And I'm <laughs> now shopping for another nitro. Uh, I'm considering just hanging up electrics for a while and going all nitro again. Oh, shit. Going I'm going off the already. deep end. Damn. <laughs> just, I love like nitro. All or nothing. I, I, I just, agree. Yeah. You know when you mm. avoid it for so long and then you miss it real bad and you don't know you miss it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like skipping an AA meeting and just going to the bar. it's all the way in oh that's where we're at man i've got no chips left (laughs) oh i could have seen that happening sooner or later though you are one of the nitro kings i did see a post scott you're looking for a n7 canopy i i don't know what to do so i've got a fully built nitro n7 i've got another one brand new sitting beside it and the only thing missing is a uh, an engine. So I'll just grab a, a YS or something and throw it in there. But the canopies are kind of beat up. So I was like, well, I could just get a new N7 canopy, swap it out if someone has one, because I really love that factory synergy canopy. I think it's gorgeous. So I can do that. Or I was tempted to throw it into something that I truly love, like a black nitro. So I might have shamelessly posted online asking if anybody has a beat up old black nitro available that I could maybe throw this stuff into. Cause I also don't have the heart to destroy an N7. Like I'm going to put it in. It's going to hit the ground. I can't fix an N7. Uh-huh. And there's a small part of me that just wants to keep those airframes good and kind of keep them forever. Mind you kind of thing. So I got two of them. You got two canopies for an N7. I got two N7s. Oh my God, me too. What are we going to do with it? We should tandem. Know, but I could, uh, I, c- I could be convinced to part with this if you wanted to. I'd, I'd send it to you. I've got mm. an extra canopy. Just mm. let me know. Let's talk business. Yeah. We'll have your people talk to my people. And then we'll do lunch? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I feel you. I, I love nitro. Like I, the fondest memories I have of the hobby are nitro. I mean, two of the original version one T-Rex 700 nitros flawlessly flying for 26 or 27 cases of fuel one summer, you know, um, just back to back and just, it just has soul. And, it, uh, you know, nitro is a living, breathing thing, you know? I don't know. I, I That's where I started. I started with a JR550 and a bunch of nitros. I had a Compass Knight. Do you remember the Compass Knight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, finally landed on – well, I had a couple others as well, but finally landed with those two nitro uh, 700 – cool power 700s is what I called them back in the day. And – uh Man, I just love them. So I tell me, when, when you're at the field and you're hanging out and you're kind of not flying nitro for a few months or years, however long it's been, and you just catch a whiff of oh. nitro, the, the fuel oh. you used to run, do the memories just come flooding back? Yeah. And I look, I was this at, at your event that we went to down in Statesville uh, with Sean flying his uh, 580 nitro and burning mm-hmm. that cool power. I was just. I mean, I just, I just wanted to be enveloped. Yeah, I just wanted to go out and like stand in the smoke. You know, it's like <laughs> breathe it in. It's oh. such a good. It's such an awesome s- smell. I, it's, yeah. um, I miss it for sure. 
I got to get that N7 up in the air. I got that second one just for parts. Mm. I'm not going to build two of them. I'm just going to use the didn't, second one for parts. Didn't you find a new one? I did. Both of them. Both of them were new. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I built. Yeah. I built the. It's basically done. It's sitting here right next to me. I just haven't. I'm still trying to find a few odds and ends. Um, I had a uh, a friend of mine send me a uh, push glow, and then I also got a switch glow. I'm more of a push glow kind of guy because I don't need to add any more complex. You know, I don't need to put my glow igniter on a channel. I guess it's is nice, what I'm saying, though. right? Yeah, I guess it is, but I, you know, it's an extra layer of complexity that I just, I don't know. I don't want to deal with that. But I did with my Futabas because they were just so easy to to assign those switches to. But yeah. When the time comes to set that up, let me know. I'll help you out. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it on the, I would imagine it's not that hard to do, but I'm going to have to do it on the V-Bar. Uh, that's the one thing that's actually pretty difficult with macro that's, cells. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. They don't love us nitro people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not that easy with the V bar. So nitro, anything else? Yeah. Uh, that's it. Just trying to, trying to get back into nitro, trying to, uh, trying to work on some weight loss. If, if any of you guys happen to listen to the other podcast I was on, you know that I was on a bit of a mission. I lost about 30 pounds and, I kind of plateaued. I, I got a little lazy and I started playing with helicopters again and I haven't lost any weight. So I got to get back on that. I'm thinking about starting to run every day, maybe get up early, run a mile or something and then and get ready to go to work. But Run an extra for me while you're doing that. Oh, no problem. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'll get right on it. Okay. But yeah, that's, right. that's my focus. Yeah. Get back in nitro and lose some weight and have some fun. Sounds reasonable. I, I I accept that as a goal for what it's worth. I don't know. If, I don't know if it matters to you. <laughs> you can Kudos. hold it to us. <laughs> so I saw Nick. Did you guys, you guys had a little build party. Did you guys dress up in matching flannel PJs and have a pillow fight? There were no pillow fights. There were no pajamas. Aww. There were no sleepovers. <clears throat> Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we did have an awesome build party. We uh, we got a bunch of the Atlanta heli crew together. You know, we started kind of pitching this, or, or Sean did. I don't know a month or two ago, in order to you know hope that folks would pick up a kit amongst our crew. And we managed to get four of us in the end, uh, who you know we're going to get together and build our kits over the weekend. Uh, so three of us got there Friday night, like around four o'clock. And, uh, you know, dug into the kit and then called it a night around, eh, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, something like that. And then uh, Saturday was really the big push to uh, uh, get it done. And uh, it was fun as hell, man. It, it, you know, building can be a little monotonous, but, you know, when you're, when you're cleaning screws and all the sort of boring parts of, of putting helicopter together, building links, you know, that kind of stuff. Just, you know, having the guys there, having a few drinks around, uh, just, I don't know, I haven't laughed that much in a really long time. It was awesome. All I can say is if if you and your local heli crews can, you know, have an opportunity to pick a house and get together over the course of a weekend, you know, it doesn't have to be a 24-hour marathon kind of thing. You know, we all decided we like our sleep and we weren't going to try and be heroes. Um, but, you know, we just went at it and had an awesome time. And then Sunday we went out and flew them and... Uh, 
you know, had all, you know, pretty much successful maidens, a couple of minor hiccups along the way as, as happens that we're all working on sort of fighting through. And I'll talk about that in a minute for me. Um, but it was damn awesome. I had a fantastic time. Uh, so highly recommend that. Uh, so that happened uh, last weekend. That was Friday, Saturday. And I built a uh, raw Puma 700. And uh, earlier in the week, I had gotten kind of some basic things done. I did all the soldering and I built the push rod so I didn't have to wait for the epoxy to dry. But I also painted a custom canopy. Uh, I did kind of a, a heli-direct themed canopy. And uh, man, I am damn happy with the way that thing came out. It looks like a million bucks if I do say so myself. Like, Dude, that thing just, is sharp. It, it makes me happy to fly it. Like, I love the looks of it. I, I don't know if you people have commented on some of the photos I posted that it must be hard to see, but so far it's actually not like the, the white stripe down the nose of the canopy does a lot to help you locate, you know, which way it's going. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some conditions that might be a little dicey, but I still have the stock canopy. Uh, FYI, if you're ever interested in trying a custom canopy, you can email SAB and uh, they'll send you a blank canopy. You can just have one sent to you in white or black or, you know, whatever solid color you want. And then you can do whatever you want to it from there. Uh, so that's what I did. So I have a custom canopy and then I still have the stock canopy. So if it's really overcast or dark gray and I want a little more contrast, I'll just throw the stock canopy uh, on it. Um, so that was awesome. It's been kind of a, a, an eventful week in the hobby for me. The Nimbus build series that I've been talking about in the past dropped this week. So if you were, you know, a beginner who's digging into their first kit build, whether it's a Nimbus or otherwise, that's available on the uh, HeliDirect YouTube channel. Uh, that's had a great response. So thanks for the YouTube comments uh, on those. Uh, and I've had a little bit of extra hobby time this week because my wife and kids left on vacation on Friday, leaving me here for the week by myself. Uh, which is awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you said vacation there. Because at first when you said my wife and kids left, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, long story short, my wife loves to travel. So she and the kids take a bunch of trips every year, and I travel professionally constantly. So I join them for you know a couple trips a year, and then they go off on their own uh, quite a bit. And every now and then it lines up where I'm home, and I get some good flying time and, and buddy time. So that's cool. Um so yeah, we did the build party, got all of that done. Um, and then I did the Maiden on the Puma on Sunday. The, the big thing on the Puma for me was that it's the first helicopter I've set up with a Futaba transmitter, uh, the 32MZ and the CGY 760. And I think, you know, I know Scott's dabbled with Futaba. This is my first foray. I think we'll probably, you know, try and do an episode talking about this a little bit, you know, in the future maybe. Uh, so I won't say too much about my experience with the CGY other than, oh my God, what a headache. Um, <laughs> it's when, when you come from like the V bar camp and the V control and you're trying to wrap your head around things like something that I personally struggle with is you can't just tell me type this thing in this box, press enter and move on. Like I want to know what I just typed and what it just changed and, and what am I doing? And I had this great list of like ways, you know, that, one of the guys in my club had put together how to set up your Futaba transmitter, but I was like, I don't understand what I'm doing and I don't like that. And it made me uncomfortable and whatever was fighting with a lot of that over the weekend. That was the longest part of the build for me, honestly, was, you know, just getting the thing set up because it's my first, but I'm going to keep telling myself, be patient. It's your first foray in Futaba. It's your first foray with the CGY. Don't judge it. Just like try and keep the frustration to a manageable uh, level. Uh, so anyway, I made the uh, Puma on Sunday, and uh, for the most part, that went really well. I did have a bunch of bobbles at lower head speeds. You know, I, I tried some different dampers in this helicopter. I tried the X-Guard dampers, 
And I just don't think that's the right choice for this helicopter. So today I pulled those dampers and I went back to the stock uh, dampers in the Puma and uh, hope to re-maiden it soon and see how that goes. I, re- I really want to get this bird down to like 1,200 to 1,600 RPM. That's what I geared it for. You know, it's the whole point of this. It's a 6S helicopter for low RPM fun uh, on 700 size. So yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. But the, the biggest problem I've been having with this thing is the telemetry. You know, a lot of things, I have a YGE ESC, which if you've ever used a YGE speed control with a V control, it just works. You plug the thing in, the transmitter recognizes it and goes, hey, you got a YGE ESC. Hey, you want some telemetry? Here you go. And then it's easy. It's fully integrated. You program the whole thing from the transmitter, piece of cake. And uh, I've tried about a thousand things and I cannot for the life of me get telemetry in the radio. Um, So... I've been, you know, messaging people. I've had posts in the Hangout, the Futaba groups, the CGY groups, the YGE groups, you know, trying to figure out how to get to the bottom of this thing. And I don't like giving up on things. Like, I really want to figure out how to do this, but I've followed all the instructions. I've done all the things. And then finally, at about 4 o'clock today, I fixed it. Um, hey, nice. Good job, dude. Yeah, I uh, I went to Heli Direction and I ordered a Hobby Wing 150. So that'll be in, <laughs> in a couple of days. <laughs> I was going to ask you what you did to fix it. Because <laughs> uh, I know that there's been more success with uh, f- uh, Hobby Wing ESCs with the CGY. <laughs> did and you get then, the telemetry module? Yeah, I did. I have the telemetry okay. module and, you know, and I have the Texi module to use with the YGE. And, you know, I've done all the right things. I just, no, I know that. I'm going to come back new- to this and figure it out. I'll just fight with it in it with a, another CGY I have outside of a helicopter. But I'm kind of at the point where I just want to clean up the wiring on this bird and get the right ESC and get telemetry working. And then I'll work on tuning it. So, yeah, um, just make it go. There's some dark magic in that telemetry setup, though, man. So, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, you're just digging in deep on that. That's, I, I commend your effort. I got to tell you what. I lost hours of my day today, like five hours fighting with this thing. And it was, yeah, it was uh, killing me. But the saving grace is I literally chased the mailman down the street today because I missed him <laughs> at my front door to catch a package uh, that had my blades and some blade bolts and stuff for the three blade conversion for my raw. So I got all that bolted on. I got the blades on, did, redid the setup. Uh, so my uh, Stormtrooper Raw is ready to maiden as a three-bladed uh, head and tail helicopter. So take care of that Maybe this week. Then. And uh, so, yeah, then between the build and the Puma and the three-bladed Raw, it's been kind of a crazy, busy helicopter week, but it's perfectly timed with my wife being out of town. So I've been able to sneak a lot of wrenching time um, because that'll soon, you know, once my kids get back, go uh, go away again. So it's been yeah. kind of a, a, an awesome week for me in the hobby. And that's all I got. What about, uh, what about you, uh, Rob? Uh, uh, my, uh, my heli fornication wasn't nearly as, uh, gratuitous as yours, it sounds like, but, uh, dude, your helicopters are pretty badass. I can't wait to see that three blade stormtrooper flying. You got to get a video up sometime so I can see it. I can't do videos. I take pictures because I build pretty helicopters, but I fly not so good. Oh, <laughs> just hover it. I don't care. Do a hover and then do the iPhone slow-mo and make a TikTok and hashtag put dan on there or something i don't know Hashtag whatever dan man. Loves make that. <laughs> exactly yeah, man. make it so i can see it i don't or just some heli porn i don't care you know i mean i, I like will. my helicopters but i i have this uh guilty pleasure of looking at your helicopters because you're just you spend some time on your builds and you make them super clean and super neat all around the edges and stuff like that and it's all worth watching you put them together and 
So before you tank it, you know, I want to see a nice aerial of the thing. So well, I don't know. I appreciate that. And and I, I do really enjoy kind of the attention to detail. Like today with the Puma, I finished replacing the last of the finishing washers with all black finishing washers because I ran out and yeah. uh, was literally wrapping some servos in black electrical tape because there were there's some little slices of color I didn't like with the black and white theme. And I yeah. was like, I, yeah, this has to go. <laughs> Dude, I know how it is. I, I spent probably two hours on my Gowie X5 when I first built it like removing all the uh, servo ends and then lacing them through some heat shrink and up underneath the backside of the frame with sticky tape and very, very like strategically placed zip ties where you can't see them on the outside of the frame. And uh, I don't know, you know, and that it just is very pleasing when you sit there and you look at it on the bench or it's in the air and then, yeah, you focus in on something. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. That's super clean right there. Yeah. You know? So dude, I feel you, man. I'm right there with you mentally as far as doing that with your helicopters. I start, I start out strong with that same thought process, you know, I, I I get to a point where I'm like, just fucking get it done. Seriously. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't, I just can't maintain it, but I'm all for a nice, and this is a word I learned from Rob years ago, Sano wiring job. Yeah. Sano. But, um, I do, I, I I can appreciate it. I, I just don't think I have the patience to, some guys just, some of the shit they do is just like, wow. Problem is, I'm going to crash it and I'm going to have to undo all that shit. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Well, that's a yeah. thing too, right? Like going all stock, making it easy to replace everything, making your wiring really fast to pull a servo and replace it. You know, To some extent, yeah, making things pretty at. means I'm probably less willing to crash and therefore fly a little safer than I should and progress slower. Yeah, there's, you know, there's probably some of that. I know like with my X5, there are some times where I'm like, man... You know, if I, you know, like I had that crash, what, like last week or week and a half ago or whatever. And that was one of the first things I thought was like, man, if I crack this frame and I got to start tearing things out of here, just like you said, Dan, you know, but it's like you get it really nice that first time around. And then at least for guys like me and Nick, like you or whatever, it's like you can tell how long that person's had that heli by how disheveled the wiring looks. Be like, he's probably crashed. He's probably totaled that thing maybe twice or three times now. <laughs> First time <laughs> around, it looks great, you know. Um, but after a couple of iterations, you just don't spend as much time. At least that's I'm kind of like right in between. I think Nick, uh, you and Dan in that regard, you know. But um, I don't know. I guess for me, for the uh, other part of my week. Um, yeah, I'm all helis all day still. I'm flying every day, just a couple of packs. Um, you know, I'm uh, getting tired of driving my truck two blocks south, two blocks over, um, and then two blocks, or it's not south. I don't know which direction I'm facing. Anyway, the point is I have to drive like four and some change blocks to go around to this park that li- literally abuts my property in the back. It's just I don't have like a really reliably clean way to get through this plat that has some woods in it right so i have to drive around and i'm getting sick of that so i've just been flying in my yard uh, a lot lately not a lot of crazy stuff not even really doing circuits you know scott you had mentioned last week talking about getting back to basics or you were talking about for yourself how you know if you couldn't do that particular trick and stay over the top of the cone you weren't doing it right you know and i got mm-hmm. my gears turned into my head and stuff and i'm like you know i'm just you know, your average everyday level, like two, you know, intermediate pilot, not very, you know, I'm doing hard sport. I'm not trying to do some crazy stuff. Um, I, I just don't have the budget to risk any of that, you know, or 
I mean, I'm sure if I spent the time and I, I had the ability to replace and repair some shit, I could progress like that. But that's just not my goal, right? But still, you know, I'm I want to hone my skills. I want to be better. And you know, I also am one of those types of guys that uh, I did kind of a little of the beginner stuff, jumped over a lot of the mid range things you're supposed to do, and then I tried some hard shit like TikToks and hurricanes and. Uh, uh, pyro flips, you know, maybe one crash high and things like that. You know what I mean? But I missed all the other shit. Like, like you said last week, hovering those in and, and without sliding all over the place and stuff like that. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to try that, you know? And I peek over the fence. I talked about my neighbors kind of a little bitch about it. And <laughs> so I don't really like if he's there, you know, I'll still fly, but it's, there's a psychology involved with knowing he's present. And so, He's not present. I'm like, fine, cool. I'm cool. I'm chill. I'll go outside and fly. And so I'll take the 600 outside and I have this wooden kind of plank over the top of my, I have this huge fire pit and I use that as a marker. So I'll just fly, you know, five minute hover and I'll just side in, nose in, tail in. Maybe I'll do nose in and then do a really slow, like 20 second pyro all the way around and then back to nose in and just, just sit there and try to precision hover for the whole pack and be patient and all of that stuff. And I come to realize that it's fun and technically challenging and all that to do the sport flying and even 3D flying and stuff like that. But ironically, it seems it's in a different class, I guess, but it's still equally as challenging and fun and engaging to do that precision flying as well, right? Especially yeah. when you're, you know, I'm trying to stay under a six foot fence because across the street, the neighbor's dog. If he hears it, it's one thing. But if he hears it and then sees it, he starts going bananas. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> so I'm sort of like pseudo proximity flying, super light, low head speed. I'm doing the, that. My lowest setting is like 19 some change or whatever on the 600. So it's extra tame and extra chill. But, you know, I, I found myself on the last flight I was doing today before earlier this afternoon before supper. And I just became cognizant of my right fingers because uh, I pinch my right fingers out, you know, and I had, uh, I have a minor amount of expo in there. Right. So there was, I realized I was, there was a lot of hand eye stuff that was going on there that I just forget that is, that occurs, you know, when you're busy tracking a, a helicopter at 40 miles an hour across the baseball field, and then you do your trick at the top and then back down, you're never really thinking about all those small micro movements and stuff that are happening at the controller. And so I don't know. I just had some nice nerdy fun doing that all week, you know, precision hovering my, my big helis in my backyard and stuff. And, yeah. Um, and those yeah. little micro corrections, those are what makes everything clean up in a flight. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And in my mind, that's what I'm thinking, you know, as I became cognizant of that when I was flying, I became conscious of it. I was like, there it is. There's that, that practice. At some point, you know, it, it'll get to the, and, and I've already noticed in this first week that, at the beginning, I'll, I'd, I'd be sitting there side in or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go 180 so that the nose swings away from me, the tail comes towards me so that I'm tail in halfway through, you know, really easy 180 turn to the other side. And then I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to try it nose in. At the beginning of the week, it was like, oh, 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 and then I get around <laughs> to the other side. But now, you know, it's just like, and just move it over, move it back cool the other way. Cool seeing the progression, right? Yeah, it feels good, you know, and it's not... Um, I'm not trying to have like a popularity contest with myself or like an ego trip or an adrenaline overdose or any of that kind of shit. You know what I mean? And it's fun. It's a cool, fun, like ever present part of our hobby. And, and I just chose to 
just kind of uh, linger in that all week. You know what I mean? It was pretty cool. Yeah. I, and I, fly, my, I was going to say it makes you fly better. It's low risk. And yeah. if someone says it's like super boring, they're not being strict enough with where it should be. You know, yeah. like you got to be more accurate and keep it on top of like, like I said, a cone or something really small because it's really yeah. hard to do. It you is, know, it's, yeah. it's not boring. It's, it's difficult work. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And my fire pit's like, um, probably like eight feet across. Right. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty big marker, way bigger than a cone is. Right. And so the whole helicopter basically can hover over the top of the whole thing. And it was a fun challenge to keep it over the top of that. And another layer of it that it was, I think, it didn't really have anything to do with helicopters at all. It was the challenge of not getting bored with that and saying, fuck it, and going off to do something else more exciting or whatever, you know, to stay like mentally on task with that adult play, you know, playing with my toy. Um, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Some, yes, you know sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you don't stay on task, and you start to meander into the nether regions, and you know sometimes. <laughs> stay out of the naughty square. <laughs> yeah, right. So I had to stay in my safe space all week, and so and I flew the like my flew my little guy around too. I've got one of those little MCPXs, and. So a couple, a few little one cell flights here and there while the oven's warming up for supper or whatever, you know, those, those are always fun, but they're still worth commenting on because, you know, that thing is old as hell and it's fragile. The batteries kind of sag. So there's, you know, you got to like have a shitload of throttle management. The tail's going to blow out. So you got to be careful with all of those things. And if you, for, you can, you could fly one of those old rickety things and have one or two thought processes. You'd be like, this is a, this is a piece of shit or whatever, you know what I mean? Cause it kind of is a piece of shit, old the heli. Right. But, and the other part of it is, you know, when you're flying it and you're able to achieve like a nice fast forward flight and then circuit around and you're not bogging it down and you realize, well, I'm doing that because I'm practicing throttle management. Just I'm using this really tiny micro helicopter instead of my big one. Cause I'm cooking supper and I got something else to do here in a minute. Right. Um, but the point is the practice was the throttle management was the key goal there. And it was fun to realize some of that too this week, you know? And so, yeah, that's basically what I've been doing is just mental and like hand practice, you know, transmitter and throttle management, stick management practice all week, you know, and having a good time with it. Um, It'll pay off. Yeah, I think it will. You know, I hope it will, you know, and you know, I've always been just a hard sport guy. I just want... My lines to be cleaner. I want, um, you know, I've noticed getting back into the hobby that in the course of a single flight, there'll be periods of time during the flight, kind of like what you would talk, uh, you, Daniel, sometimes you'll talk about vapor lock, right? It's sort of like that, but it's more like, um, it's almost like I'm slightly in phase and like I'm on the flight or I'm slightly out of phase with the flight where all I'm really ever doing is correcting the motion, right? Versus like, like there are a couple of times where I'll start my flight, I'll be flying and and it, it seems like the helicopter is doing the things I want it to do, but I just feel like I'm just not all the way locked into it. Right. But then I might, something might change and I I haven't, I I couldn't figure out what it was. Something might change and all of a sudden I feel like my sticks are locked in like to the microsecond of what's happening. Right. And just, there's like this palpable difference in the way it feels. Right. And I'm like, you know, that I think that the gap between those two places in my mind has to do with this, some of this just 
face level, you know, just throttle control, hover man, hover like precision hovering, and some of this basic, some of those basic things that I skipped, you know. So I think it's going to be nice once I decide to open it up again. Um, and actually, that's kind of a cool segue because I got my kid and his friends to get out on. The, I have this trail that I had cut probably a couple of months ago in that wooded area. Um, my kid had this four wheeler that he ended up trading off for something else. Um, but when it, when, while he had it, he plays a trail in there for me. Um, but it got overgrown. And so I had him and his friends go out there and clear it out. So now I should be able to just walk right out of my backyard into the, through the woods, into the field and go fly at the park too, you know? So without having to drive my freaking truck, you know, six blocks both ways just to do it. So, um, so that'll be kind of nice. Um, what else have I done heli-related? Um, did some more uh, research on the whole rotor flight thing. Um, so that I, I've learned more. Basically, you can run it now. I, I thought there was just a select few, but what I've learned is there's a select few flight controllers that people have figured out and have used and have set up like FAQs and help for whatever wiki's for. But it'll work on any flight controller that you can find. So anything from like your $30 controller up to your $150 flight controller and stuff like that, right? So I'm sourcing, trying to source out a flight controller that I want to try to do this with, um, this whole open source fly bar list deal. Um, and then, you know, I like to jest, right? And uh, so, and it is really ugly, but I want to, I think because it's super cheap and I'm intrigued by it's just kind of like, ugly but cool um, looking heli, that steam brand helicopter. I'm going to try that. I think I'm going to get one of those frames, maybe the 550 size or the 600 size, I'm not sure. Um, and I would just want to see what it's like, right? Um, my old Gowie 425 kit was a plastic kit, and hopefully this thing doesn't... Uh, hopefully it, it looks like it's it's got carbon fiber in it, so I think all the um, like the bearing blocks and stuff are probably metal or whatever. But, you know, I figure if I'm going to try... Uh, an open source fly barless project on a on a cheap flight controller you know i don't want to buy a twelve hundred dollar helicopter to put that in and plus i'm all about the experimentation part of it too so i think you know it'll be kind of interesting uh to see you know taro is the brand you know they 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 used to make all the other um kind of knockoff or low i should say low buck or budget if you will 450s and 500s and stuff and so this weird plastic carbon fiber amalgamation looks like it might be kind of cool you know they uh on their website here let me look here really quick they've got this uh i thought it was kind of funny on the ad for their 700 it says the internet remembers everything and acts as a collective unconscious for humanity we initially proposed the concept of reducing the height of the main rotor in 2011 so see, everybody's been stealing from Steam slash uh, Tarot <laughs> this whole time <laughs> because they did the low fly bar or the low fly barless head thing apparently in 2011. But I digress. The point is, I'm going to try that bird. So all you haters that think I don't like it, I do like it. It's gross looking, and that's the point. Um, can, I, can I make a recommendation too? Yeah. Yeah. So when you build up that heli, build it up the way you want to fly it, servos, motor, ESC, all that, and put your fly bar list that you're familiar with on it, fly yeah, it a couple yeah. times, and then switch to the rotor flight one, and you get a good apples and apples comparison uh, of what's different, good call. you know? Good yeah. call. Well, and plus I can shake down the heli, too, and make sure everything's working like it's supposed to and all that shit. Yeah. But there's not some sort of inherent 
design thing that I'm quirk that I'm not trying to dial out, you know, and I can do that on something I already know how to use. That's a good, that's a good advice. I have to make sure to do that. I got enough things here to do that with, you know, so, so yeah, stay tuned for some more rotor flight stuff, you know, now I'm going to try and find some budget to mid range, you know, like servos and a motor. I got a motor and speed controller and some servos out of my old 550. I could probably use here, you know, but I'd like to try something, whatever is on the shelf today. You know what I mean? That's still in that that budget build price range. Like, I mean, fuck, these $40 Hyperions I bought for my Gowie X5 are still stellar as hell. So I'm sure somebody makes something like that now, you know? So we'll see. So we should also look at ESCs that um, that aren't what we're used to as well. Because I'm sure yeah. you've heard of like BL Heli 32. Dude, so, yeah, I've got a drawers full of those, well, smaller ones, of course, for the quads and stuff like that. But I'm fully familiar with all the programming and the, the J-Heli and all this other stuff, you know. And so it'd it be interesting ones. to try a bigger ESC. I've never thought of that, but that's yep. a good and idea. And it runs D-Shot and bidirectional telemetry through the throttle cable on that. So all you'll have is three wires to the ESC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's awesome. That's yeah, that's cool. cool. D-Shot 600, D-Shot 1200 or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, buddy. Well, and you, to be able to run something like that on a tail motor too, you want to be able to have that fast frame rates, right, um, back to the tail. And so you're doing a BL Health 32 ESC on a tail, because I'd like to try like a 200 class with a tail motor. That'd be a fun little experiment too, but you need a really fast speed controller to do it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so there it is, BL Heli. 32 in the helicopter world. That's, I like to hear those kinds of things. That's that's pretty neat. That's neat. It's had, it's had the word heli in it for how many years? Finally. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's got all these heli settings that the, the drone guys turn off and disable all the other shit, you know? So, yeah. but uh, yeah. So, and you know, it's ironic too, because like I'm coming back in here and I'm, you know, Hobby Wing is like top shelf these days, right? But back in the day, when I first started putting these together and I'm like, I can't spend the $299 on the Castle Creations HB85 and stuff like that at the time, um, brand new, I went looking for something different. And on, um, I don't remember if it was which off, some, some weird off-brand Chinese helicopter website, I started seeing these Hobby Wing ones and I tried them out and I loved them. And at the time, other people are like, ah, pfft, that's bullshit. That's airplane shit. You know what I mean? Because they, they kind of were just for airplanes. But I tell you what, that company made a, as far as our hobby is concerned, that company made a great decision. Uh, and, you know, I learned more about them. They make speed controllers for other things. They make car speed controllers and like other stuff too, you know. But it's really cool to see the growth of that product. And it'd be interesting to find out or to, to roll those dice again. You know, right now, as we all speak right now, there is some up-and-coming servo manufacturer or um, speed controller manufacturer that's going to be the next KDS or the next... Uh, remember, the, like when MKS first came out, and those kinds of things, right? And it'd be nice to, to suss that out and figure out who, who is that and try that at, on the cheap. No, that's good because there's a lot of folks in the hobby that, that kind of come from it from the exact same perspective you do, right? Yeah, and, yeah the lower and... middle class. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the dirty D word. <laughs> Drones. <laughs> yeah, well there's a lot of those too there's a lot of those too we can't discount that right i'm one yes. of them and yes we can if i'm and one of them and i can make it into on, back onto the world's best rc helicopter podcast that's ever existed <laughs> and i float flew drones mm-hmm. uh you know everybody else that's flown drones get back in here fly these things 
you were scared before, but now you've been flying around first person. Uh, get get in the third person, fly some helis, man. I still I agree with Dan. Background. We need to background check hosts better before. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll don't let anybody on Enough. this goddamn show, won't they? <laughs> Is this a bad time to say I bought a drone this week? Oh, you, my oh, God. No. Oh. Hashtag no drones here. Nick, yours doesn't count. You now. Yours is a video buddy. camera with wings. Well, yeah, I, I bought, <laughs> yeah, I bought yeah, it for it photography work. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a it's selfie different. stick without the stick. Everybody buys drones for photography work. No, that's how they get. Oh, yeah, that's how they get into it. Don't tell me that. Is that, bullshit. Is that for no. neighbor photographer work over there, Nick? Yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, man, I'm going to start an AP company, man. That's what I'm going to do with this drone. I'm going to do real estate photos. <laughs> How about mine to slam into buildings? I'm going to get my pop full of seven. <laughs> I got all the creds. <laughs> anyway, good week, Rob. Good, good, uh, yeah. It's good to hear. It's good to hear your enthusiasm for this stuff. I love it. Yeah, it's good. So, well, and, excited and, to hear yeah. more about it. For sure, man. And good balance, too. You know, it's not like I'm pushing hard or anything like that right no it's it's an interesting perspective in the hobby too like it's it's always cool to hear different sides of things yeah what about you dan how was your week my week was rain hate and discontent that was my week i tell you man yeah it just rained all week all weekend long of course uh you know I got back to work on wednesday last week finally back to the office i've been working from home kind of but not full time and of course wednesday thursday and friday is beautiful well, actually friday wasn't but um rain came in and still hasn't stopped it's been raining since friday here dang it's kind of let kind of let off a little bit today but not not a, not a whole lot still still wet out there yeah it's the pushing all that moisture up your way or what yeah that's exactly what happened and um heliwise not a lot's going on other than I'm kind of on a mission to get some uh, visibility to that uh, Soxos on the tail. And yeah, so the, yep. the wife, of course, she, I, I think I mentioned, uh, she's got one of those vinyl cutters. And um, yeah, she was going to home ec you up some sort of like yeah, yeah. signal flares or something for the tail. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, what she did, we, we haven't, she actually got the right vinyl in today. We tried some other stuff that just kind of that iron on shit. It's kind of hard to do on a boom, right? We thought maybe we could do it with a heat gun, but then you got to somehow hold the vinyl while you're heating it up. It's just not comfortable, right? And, um, but anyway, she cut out RCHNV3 uh, against uh, neon yellow, which is the main color scheme of this particular helicopter. Matches perfectly. Uh, the vinyl does. Uh, so you got that black boom. Uh, and then now with the RCH NV3 cutout. So it looked, it, it, we could see how it's going to look. We didn't get the vinyl attached or, you know, applied. Yeah. Uh, she cut out the decals for the new vinyl that showed up today. Then, you know, had to do some shit like record a podcast. So I don't know. You know, didn't get a chance to actually do it. <laughs> so what is it just going to say? Like, it'll say, RCHN, it'll say RCHN V3 on like the one on each side of the tail, kind of uh, like a logo. On, yeah. So it's like uh, 10 inches of the boom. Um, yeah. 
will be wrapped in vinyl and on the sides just in cut out. Probably, right. I don't know, three quarters of an inch tall and uh, I, I don't know, five, six inches long. It'll say RCHN V3. Okay. I understand. So then it's a, like a solid color and then this black lettering yep. that's the cutout. I understand. Now, at first I was like, how are you going to see that if it's just this yellow letters? Okay. Make, <laughs> I, I understand now. I can't wait to see that. No, honestly. I think it's going to yeah. turn out really well. The only tricky part, she's like, so I'll make it for you, but you have to have put it on. You're also, the one that's if it's gonna crooked. It's your fault. Exactly. She doesn't want me to be bitching about the if it's crooked. But I'm like, dude, the vinyl thing—that's your hobby. Okay, I I did my part. I took the helicopter apart enough for you to get access to, to everything on the boom. Now, now it's your it's it's in your court now. I expect it to look good when it's all said yeah. and done. Is that, that boom the- pinned? At all, yeah. so it matters which orientation it goes on the vinyl, or uh, no, the boom is not pinned, but okay. the boom is also not round. That's true. I forgot. I was going to say you could just roll it on the table like a like a pizza roll or something. <laughs> no, it's but it is it's segmented, so it's not. There's like uh, you know that's I don't know how to explain it. It's um, on the top side of it. It's kind of got a bit of a V shape. That goes right down the center, so you can use that as your starting point, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's all symmetrical, so you know where it's going to say RCHN on both sides. Of course, the one has to be in reverse, and um, the one side has to be reversed. So, provided I can do a halfway decent job applying uh, the decals, look great. If I can do a halfway decent job getting the decals on the boom without losing my ever-loving mind and cussing loud and, you know, <laughs> squirting the cats with water because they're pissing me off and uh, that kind of shit. Uh, I, th- I think it'll look all right. Uh, I'm hoping that it adds just enough, I don't know, definition. And I don't know, I might be, I might be reaching because I just hadn't been used to flying a pod and boom, boom type, type helicopter for a number of years and that might have been the only issue just got to get used to it again right because yeah yeah retrain yourself how to check the orientation and shit yeah, yeah. but it's you know we've mentioned earlier I'm, I'm getting old and my eyes don't uh don't work as well as they used to so i think a little color is going to help i always i don't know i used to kind of secretly make fun of people that would put shit on their boom when i was younger i you know same dude here same. we are now i'm that guy i'm that guy i'm like hey man i can't see it now hopefully i can see it better but dude I, next I next phase is foam noodles on the skids then you know you're yes. all the way oh. i mean you just I have to like think- make it look like art right like make it look on purpose like you're just trying to make the heli look cooler even though it's really about getting old i yeah. thought about potentially buying i don't know a different color canopy and i guess i got some news for you on that front in in a few minutes yeah i was talking to danny melnick and i don't know if this is what you're going to be talking about but they're going to be offering solid color uh canopies for that just steal all my thunder just Just, steal all your thunder away (laughs) just take it there go- <laughs> Nick, there you can't have all segment. the wisdom over there just because it's your last name. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, there we go. Never heard that one before. Wow, that was clever. <laughs> yes, it was. I'm pretty wise too, you see, but it's just not in my name. <laughs> I think the, the vinyl will make a big difference on I the think boom. it will. 
because I I flew you know Krakens and Black Thunders and stuff for a while, and obviously they had the big booms, and you could see them when the raw came out. I was like, holy shit, I can't see this thing. Okay. And I did some, yeah. you know, the yellow boom or whatever that came with it, and it was fixed. I could see everything after that. Yeah. And then you get used to it over time. Sure. Yeah, other than trying to get that sorted out, the rain, work, and, um, uh, you know, dealing with uh, getting the podcast ready. This this last episode, number seven, I don't know why, but it it just felt like it took me forever to get that out. I was hoping to get it out in time for Thursday morning release, but... Uh, didn't get it out till Thursday night, but I guess, you know, at least it made its way out. So that's a positive. Yes. It made it to the masses. <laughs> blame <laughs> but, the guest. Uh, yeah. Blame it's your, it's all yours. All your fault, Scott. All Damn of it. it. Every time <laughs> it's got, from here until the end of RCHN version three, it's going to be your fault. Sorry. We got a new FNG. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, what I was thinking it. about. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. It's That's not right. my fault anymore. It's no longer Devin's fault. Aww. Let's see. So didn't really buy anything, but I came damn close to buying that uh that torque servo. I and it's uh I don't know what's it called, Nick. You know the T-box. box. The, the T box. The Brazilian T box wax. It's box. it's in <laughs> Way different than being teabagged. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? You sound like oh, you have experience. No. I have experience with one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> He's British. He knows a lot about teabags. He must have been raised by his tea box. It fell off the table. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's sitting in my, I, I don't know why I haven't ordered it. It's only, it's not very much money, but I just like, do I really need that? I mean, I've been, I'm thinking yes. all the helis I've built in the past, I've never had anything like that. And I feel like I get pretty damn close to center and uh, I just don't, maybe it's really cool and I'll, I'll enjoy it. But I, I just, I don't, usually I'm, I'll jump at a tool. Like if there's a new heli tool, I'll buy it. May not ever like, use Do it. I need this or what? Yeah, I don't know why I'm struggling to to press the, I mean, the purchase the button on this one, but I am. Only reason you might need it, like truly need it, is if you want to use a torque servo at 760 pulse. So if you're going to use it with a yeah. CGY or another flybrothers unit that can run at 760, uh, it's worth purchasing because well, that's the only way you can get a torque servo to 760. I have one That's thing to throw on beans. top of that. One thing. Or do you have newer torque servos or older torque servos? I believe I got older torque servos. I think they're the 9080s. Okay, because as far as the T-Box on the KST side of, of it, it only works on the newer style servos. There is, okay. and I don't have all the model numbers. I mean, a lot of the I, you know latest generation of torque servos all work on the programmer box. But I yeah, do believe it depends these will on how work far on back the, you go. I do believe these will work with that. Okay, I, I but I kind of like torque servos. I I don't. That's no. that's maybe that's another reason. Do I want to? Not that I would be pin, pigeoning myself into torque servos every time because I bought a thirty dollar tool. That's not the case. But I don't know. Maybe I'd be more inclined. To always buy torque servos because I have that tool? I, I don't know. 
What if it's possible to use that box or another brand's box across the brands? I mean, is there some special logic in there that won't work on another digital servo that's programmable? I think it, I mean, it definitely works on Torx. It might work on some KSTs. I don't know. Devin, you might be able to offer some guidance there. Um, from, From as far as I know, I don't know of any differences besides the names that I don't, I don't know when it comes down to the programming of the servo, but in retrospect, that if you had a KST box, I would expect the KST box to work on the Torx, and I guess yeah. I would expect it to be vice versa as well. Right. Fundamentally, yeah. they're just programming the same things unless they added some sort of extra, something extra in there, like a, some sort of PID or something yeah, like that. So unless, it's like, yeah, this is the, this kind of servo, I'll program it. Yeah, unless Torx changes specifications of the servos after they come out of the factory that that i'm not sure about if they change any of the programming of it or anything like that but if they leave it the way it comes from their distributor i would expect it to work both ways yeah if that's the case there you go you use it on your torques if you want to try something else that's digital that's programmable Mm. you know it may also work i don't think it's cross-platform i mean i think he's saying torques and kst because they're made in the same facility yes Oh, but like if yeah. you try and program your theta servos with a T box, um, oh no, that doesn't probably going to have a bad day. No, that's different yeah, technology. Work, you know, yeah. thetas work on NFT near field technology. You know, a wireless uh, protocol, and the uh, the Torx. I don't actually know the name of the tech, but it's a wired connection that programs them versus wireless with thetas. I will say that uh, Torx, and I can't say anything more than that. They have some cool stuff in the pipe coming out in you know the next couple of years. So. Uh, from some little bits and pieces that have been privately shared. So I don't know if that Dude, changes you, you your mind if you want to pick up the programmer box. I actually bought the programmer box. I have one here, and I don't own any Torx yet, but uh, I definitely want to try them in the future. It oh, looks yeah. neat. The you know what I want them to make? really well. It really does. I want them to make a setting in the fly barless controller where you have a uh, a wireless uh, um, like servo leveler and you just set it over the shaft, and you hit a go button, and all the servos just move until the leveler is touching the sur- touching the swash all around, and it just saves them all at zero. You don't have <laughs> to do anything. That would be the shit. The shit. I mean, that's the one advantage of the Torque Programmer over, like, Theta's NFT requires you to tap the back of the phone to a servo, so it's really hard to do once, you know, they're mounted in the helicopter in some positions. Right, right. Whereas the Torque Programmer, you can just plug the end of the servo. At least you literally could put the servo leveler on there, and then you'd have to keep, you know, plugging and unplugging different servos as you kind of, you know, dial it in. But that's no you could do deal. one at a time. You could do it that way. Sure. Yeah, you completely level your swash before you've even like powered up the fly barless, which is cool. Well, you know, if we're thinking about this, if we're just sending bits to the servo to tell it where center's at, if you could like partner with a fly barless controller manufacturer and just program, put that logic in the fly barless controller unit. Then, as part of the fly barless controller setup, you tell that controller to tell your three swash servos where center's at, rather than having to add an intermediary piece of hardware. Right? Um, that would be that would be pretty rad. Well, or you kind of can. Awesome. Or if you could if you could connect it onto another pin header off your CGY or off your um, whatever V stacks or whatever you've got, you could plug it into one of the pin headers there and just pass through to all the servos just right off the, there instead of having to dig into your kit. So I think that Futaba cool. does that with their. S-Bus yeah, I think servos. you can program Futaba servos through the through the FBL. Um, I'm fairly certain there, but that's yeah, cool. I mean, the, the question is, is you know, is there enough money there to make that worthwhile? Right, like that's yeah. possible, but 
it doesn't make financial sense considering that you know the wide variety of flybarless units available and but it right. would be How cool many if that was integrated programming we'd have to do versus one t box yeah it makes sense yeah all that all that <laughs> i love he's like being i just want to fly i don't want to set so, up a helicopter dan's like i'm not done guys I, I actually am, but I, before Nick goes on with the news, there's something I want to talk about very briefly. I, I want to, you know, part one of the things about doing this podcast is is you is you know we relate to listeners through our experiences, and and sometimes those experiences are good, sometimes they're not. I recently, in fact, today had an experience that is, I don't know, it wasn't very pleasant. Not going to lie, so. I know we've all kind of experienced something similar, but this one ended kind of poor. We've been in that situation, whether, you know, you've got a friend leaving the hobby and, or you've got, I don't know, for whatever reason, someone says to you, Hey man, I, why, take this heli. I, I'm not ever going to fly it again. I don't really want to deal with selling it or whatever the s- circumstances are. And I understand that there's exceptions to this rule, but, I've learned a lesson and, and it's kind of how I'm going to go about personal interactions from here on out. I, I would advise against never doing that. In other words, and I know this is kind of strange being that I just recently sent <laughs> Rob a 600, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's a different situation, right? Right. I had a friend who I thought was a friend five years ago give me a Goblin 570. And I think I've talked about it on the show. I ended up giving that helicopter, essentially giving that helicopter to another friend. Today, I get a, I got a text message from this friend. Hey, man, uh, I was wondering if you were ever going to pay me for that 570 or return it. You know, it wasn't just a $3,000 plus gift. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, And I was like, uh, what, what, I mean, four years ago, guys, four years ago, this happened. Right. And, and I've had conversations with him in the past and, and all of a sudden this comes out of nowhere. And I, I don't quite understand what's going on. And so I just said, well, oh, geez, man, I'm sorry. I, I guess I, I misunderstood or I kind of thought, you know, you and I had talked about it when you offered it to me, I said, how much do you want? You said, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Right. So now I'm kind of in this weird situation where I don't even have that helicopter anymore, right? So what I'm going to do just to get it over with is I'm going to send him my 630 just because I'm not going to deal with it. Now, the thing of it is, I know that we're, we kind of find ourselves in, in these situations occasionally. And I'm just saying, from my, you know, my experience, take it for what it's worth. Everybody has to judge this, this particular situation for themselves. If you find yourself in that situation, try to uh, don't just accept it. Say, let me, I don't know, make a trade, give you some cash, whatever, whatever. Right. Because you just never know. Right. When someone's going to show up out of the blue and it was the damnedest thing. It really kind of like I kind of thought we were friends, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds like it took you off guard, man. It really did. It really did. And uh, anyway, neither here nor there. Just a little bit of friendly advice. Be careful when you're at least have the expectations sorted out if you're going to proceed with something like that so it doesn't come back to bite you on the ass five years later. Anyway, yeah. 
is what it is. Life goes on. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I don't, that's I would be mortified. Man. I don't really have any comments towards that because uh, I would never expect so that out blue, of man. somebody after having yeah. that conversation. Yeah, but, especially having, having, you know, it's not like, I mean, we used to be really, really good friends. Like, I used to go hang out with this guy. Someone on the Northwest, in the Northwest, right? Somebody I used to go to bun flies with. And since I moved to the East Coast, obviously I'm not talking to him as much as I used to, but we've had conversations several times, yeah. you know, throughout the year over the last couple of years. This was never brought up. And all of a sudden it's just like, bam. Anyway. Yeah, that's kind of lame. You don't just, pass. I mean, I think, dude, if dude's going to give you a helicopter, you don't just like, that's a high dollar helicopter. You don't just say, Oh, don't worry about it. If you expect money from it, you don't hand some shit over for free unless you're giving it away. And right. at that point, once you've done that and somebody's like, are you sure? Are you sure this is how this is going to go down? Yeah. No, it's free. Okay, here you go. Then you don't take that back. That's a gift. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's always a gift in perpetuity. So, yeah. Anyway, Nick, you got some news? I do have a few things in news. news All right. News, 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 news. Oh, Rob, you didn't disappoint this week. Aww. <laughs> Sounded like you just died while saying news. I know. It was like having a stroke and saying news at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Some of this news is stroke-worthy, so. <laughs> uh, okay, then. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, all right, so. Uh, as promised, XL Power delivered uh, their, uh, you know, promise to, I'm just going to keep saying promise over and over again, awkwardly. Uh, so yeah, XL Power delivered on their promise to rapidly replace the affected tail shafts in the Nick Maxwell edition of Spectre V2 recall. Uh, I got my shipping notice from HeliDirect on Wednesday that my new tail shaft was on its way free of charge. Uh, so that's right. HeliDirect gave me the shaft. Um... <laughs> <laughs> just going to laugh at my own joke. Um, and I didn't Dude, have to do anything. Testing, based on the Somebody's test, it's got to be made of untanium or something. Yeah. So uh, I think most uh, distributors did the same thing. They basically just sent one to everyone that had ordered a kit, uh, whether you asked for one or not. Um, but certainly let us know if, if you know other vendors didn't do that or whatnot. And uh, if there's any additional instructions uh, you want to send out to customers. But uh, yeah, so I got the replacement uh, shaft on Friday. So that's all ready to go for when I get around to building the kit. Um, uh, and, you know, I just want to, again, say kudos to XL Power for number one, admitting a fault. Number two, rapidly fixing it. And number three, sending out the fix free of charge. You know, this wasn't a, a red anodized upgrade part. This was, you know, Boom, here's your new shaft, uh, similar to what SAB has done in the past when they had some issues with, uh, is it a Kraken shaft, I want to say? But uh, anyway, kudos to manufacturers who do who acknowledge problems and address them immediately. So good on you, XL Power. Yeah, for sure. That's like, a hard, that's like getting a firmware update, but just hardware in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah. It's like getting the shaft. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dan, you kind of, you know, completely stole my thunder, crushed my spirits, killed my dreams. That's what I do. But yes. That's what I do. Air Alpanda in the United States and Soxos uh, has announced a couple of new canopy colors for the Strike 7.1. There's a nice bright pink and a blue canopy scheme and fins available now. 
so check out your uh, Strike uh, Soxos rather dealer and uh, look at the new canopy options there if you're having some trouble seeing it. Um, and uh, Scott, since you're a little bit smarter and a little less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little less grumpy towards gassers, maybe. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what Carrie, the hints Carrie Shirley dropped this week? Yeah. So Carrie released some solid models. I'm sure some of you have seen them floating around the interwebs, but he has created his second version of his raw gasser. So he calls it the Super G, and they've utilized a inverted clutch stack, kind of like what you're used to seeing on like an SAB helicopter, like a Nitro. Or if you look at the XL Power Blackout Mods uh, clutch stack, and what it allows you to do is raise that engine up away from the skids. That way it doesn't look like your classic kind of low-hung gasser engine style. Um, gets everything up out of the way like a nitro, and it makes for like a super clean setup. So I'm pretty excited for this conversion. I am not excited for any gasser, but I'm glad others are. <laughs> I've got an idea. I've got an idea for Nick. And what? maybe one day... Uh, when all of us are at a fun fly, we can ma- actually make this happen. So what we do is we grab like a lawn chair, right? And we get, I don't know, as many gas or helicopters as we can in one oh location. God. Oh God. And yeah. we duct tape Nick to this lawn chair and stake the <laughs> lawn chair to the ground. And we just make him listen to gassers for like an hour, two oh straight. Oh, God. Just smell it. Yeah. Why do you hate it? What if we it's, make him It's fly immersive. One? It'll be the best and quickest way to get over your uh, irrational hatred of gassers. It's the only (laughs) thing that I can see that is going to help you see the light. I mean, Augie posted a picture of his, I think it was a Tron gasser conversion with that popcorn loud ass pipe this week. (laughs) And I had convulsions for like an hour. What we could do too is it'll feel like you're at the golf course. Yeah. Scott, you're going to put that pipe on yours? No, no, I like no. the quieter pipe. But what I think oh, okay. we should do is take Dan's idea and twist it a little bit, leave his hands free, make him hold a radio, and we buddy box his ass. Yeah, we yes. let him oh, crash it. He that. can't kill it, so he oh, has to fly it, and right. he can't I crash it. I will find a way. I will. Find no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's challenge great. accepted. <laughs> I am all about that. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. That sounds super oh. fun. There's no try, try and on the buddy stop box. me from crashing yeah. the gasser. You look like uh, Edward Forty Hands, but with radios duct taped to his hands. (laughs) (laughs) I am game. No, if you're going to stick the needle in my arm, start with Nitro, because I like that sound. Oh, fine. All right. Scott can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here he's getting back in the game. And, and, you know, I am an RN, so I, I can actually insert the IV. Oh, perfect. Oh, good. Danny can insert all the things. That's right. I, I don't know that I trust <laughs> you to insert an IV in my arm. I mean, not that you can't put the needle. I just don't trust what you put in the bag. Well, it's, it's not what he put in the bag. It's what I'm I actually, put in the bag. I'm actually trained to put things in many different purposes. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, he got a variety of lube choices. <laughs> we don't have to stop at IVs. I'm just, you know. I, I really need to go read there. the fine print in my RCHN contract. <laughs> Dan will go deep as he needs to to get you to fly the gasser. That's right. Oh, God. Okay. Well, how about we move it on from here? <laughs> it's a digital stimulation, I think is what it's called. Okay. Digital? Okay. Like, yeah. like which? how many digits? Uh, as many as it takes. Hopefully no more than two. Oh, it's the Tesla yeah, box 50 yet. and the shot. I, I, I got one more year before that. 
All right. Moving it on from here for the sake of all of us, uh, our news of the week is going to kind of seg into our main topic for the day. Um, But we're going to talk about it from a purely news perspective uh, at first. So if you've been anywhere on social media or anywhere on helicopter related interwebs things, uh, you've definitely heard that a line has teased a new 700 size helicopter release. Uh, They're calling it the TB70 because boy, does that have a catch to it. And it's just got a nice little zing. TB70. Sounds like a virus. Uh, but anyway. Sounds like a uh, Skynet this- <laughs> I thought you said you were going to approach this from a news angle, man. I am. That I l- just little editorial there. I'm not gonna lie. I know. That's I just want to make fun of the name a little bit. I think, you know, helicopter right. names, you know, the XL Power Nimbus was a recent name that I was like, that's really cool. I'm glad somebody did that. And, you know, it- some names of helicopters I question a lot. I'm like, that's just TB70. I don't know. Anyway, I hope they kind of rename the thing before it's released. But they teased this new 700 size helicopter from a line. And certainly a lot of Align fans have been looking forward to an update to the Electric 700 uh, and uh, are certainly looking forward to this helicopter. So uh, some things that are different about this from an Align perspective and what you're used to in the past. Uh, this helicopter features a belt-driven tail. So that's kind of the, the, the main difference here. Uh, it appears to have, well, initially at least, a sealed transmission uh, driven by a motor belt, but some updated photos that have been released online Looks like it's going back to the more classic open transmission, meaning it's not sealed uh, in uh, a gearbox. Um, the canopy design looks very much on brand for a line in the typical sort of red, you know, gold and blue scheme. Um, I will say, amusingly, whoever did the render kind of screwed up the main blades. They're both facing the same direction. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's just somebody in marketing not quite understanding how this whole thing works. Um uh, some other features about it, it features, you know, a belt tensioner with a visible indicator as to the tension, uh, a new servo layout, uh, and some other features we'll, we'll get into a little more detail of, uh, as we dig into our main topic, uh, main topic rather. Yeah, I don't think I want to say too much more about this. I think I'm going to save it for, for as we dig into it, but it's a new Align 700 size electric helicopter. It's cool they're making a new one, I guess. They haven't made a new one in a while, right? They, they've been just kind of... Well, what was the last helicopter the line made before this? Is it the release date of the 700 electric? Well, the most recent would be the 650. Yeah. Yeah, it was a couple of years maybe, right? The I don't know exactly how long ago the 650X came out, but it was after the XN, the Nitros. Yeah. So it can't be too long ago. Okay. Because I know, you know, there, it just seems there was this vibe that a line had gone stale. And so I was I was kind of happy to see that there's another model out there, you know, that they're yeah. actually making, they're still making product. You know, I was I made jokes on one of the early episodes that maybe they just went back to only making vacuum cleaners or something. but <laughs> <laughs> And sparkle pants. Yeah. Oh. Right. right. Their, their factory is still dual purpose. So, all right. Ugh, that joke sucked. Which one? Yeah. Oh, sucky humor. Bill, dude. Oh anyway. man! I, I think so. I, I could hear the jokes flying over people's heads there. I could hear it from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Align TB seventy. I um, I, I, you know, I don't. I guess you know it was brought to our attention. I think Scott kind of 
brought to our attention before we started recording that they'd released it was you scott wasn't it that brought that they'd released a different version of the transmission yeah yeah kind of thinking that maybe um some social media pressure may have caused that i don't know we don't know no one knows because i you know who knows <laughs> but one thing that you know i know nick you probably want to talk about the specifics of the helicopter which frankly that's great i don't know enough because i've been out of the game long long enough that i i couldn't have a reasonable conversation of the similarities of the sab right i i haven't built uh the last goblin i built or sab i built was a 570, right? 630. Um, don't know. But one thing that I, I, I think we're going to circle back to, I was a little shocked, I guess, at the keyboard warriors and yeah. the tribalism that, and I don't really want to get into that right now, uh, you know, because let's talk, you know, let's, let's talk Turkey. Let's yeah. talk about the helicopter. Let's talk about, its features and you know we can work our way into similarities you know that's kind of something that i i would like to talk about but as far yeah. as the look i i'm ex I, i'll buy one i dude i love the line helicopters so you know those of us that I, you know that have been in the hobby for a long time scott i'm sure you had a line helicopters and you probably enjoyed the shit out of them at some point right absolutely i mean they were king of the king of the king right back in the day remember yeah it's like um yeah you know you're no matter where you were, you could get a part for an Align. You could be driving through the through a jungle, get a gallon of gas, and you know, main gear uh, hanging up on the wall. <laughs> it just didn't matter, right? Everywhere it was so yeah. easy to get parts and uh, relatively, you know, relatively. I, I don't know. I flew those seven hundred nitros, and I never had a QC issue. Never had a QC issue. That's not, I guess that's not completely true. There was a bit of an issue with some main gear stripping. Uh, and of course they went to a new upgrade, right? An upgrade fixed version of that. That that was kind of their thing, right? It's like they, they didn't really fix issues. They just upgraded shit and made you buy more shit, right? Great business model if it works. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, you, I heard uh, Nick, you, you kind of asked in a, kind of got glossed over if anyone has heard of a release date for this. I haven't. I don't know if anybody else has. But I'm going to get one as soon as they are available. Just because. And I'll talk more about why I'm determined to get one once we start talking about this craziness that happened over the last <laughs> yeah. several days. On social media. Yeah. yeah. I, so, and, and before we get too deep, I, I kind of want to put a, a, just a quick button on the news uh, as a whole um, uh, and just respond to a little listener feedback uh, we got last week uh, saying that we had made fun of a particular brand of helicopter and someone's feelings were a little bit hurt right there. Uh, and I just want to point out the joke I just made about Align Helicopters and note that we here at RCHN are equal opportunity helicopter make fun of ers. They, you betcha. So, yes. There is no brand we are afraid to make fun of. So um, they were. No was that, that the person that was upset about us saying the steam heli was gross looking? It, it may be. Yeah. I think and so. Don't worry, yeah. we'll make fun of yours too, Rob, when you get it. And you know, yeah, you exactly. Make fun of my flying, and we're going to make fun of all kinds of things. You bet. Yeah. 
That's who we are. But uh, with that, that's it for the news this week. And then uh, I think we can delve into our main topic this week, which is uh, what makes a copy a copy. Just remember, just jokes. So what does make a copy a copy? That's a great question. I I heard so much talk about this over, you know, just, well, talk, no. I I read a lot of text about this over the last couple of days. Several machines and have gained inspiration, sometimes maybe a little awkwardly close (laughs) in similarity. I don't know, but there's a reason when somebody comes up with a good design it's just like your vehicles. I mean, take a look, if you will, at modern cars. Even my, I've got a little Kia Forte that I use to drive to work. There must be something about that design because it looks very much like a Toyota. It looks very much like various other small sedans, you know, of its type. Yeah. Even down to the lines, the the, the way the, the lines of the body curve into the various... The tail lights and the, the fog lights up front, right? Tons of conventions that follow across that are almost yeah. the same across all the brands. Yep. So the thing that, that people are, are in a little bit of an uproar about, not all people, some people, are the similarities in the renderings and, and the images that have been released by a line between a lot of the design elements of the TB70 and the uh, SAB Goblin, Goblin Raw. Um and, you know, what Dan has already alluded to is, you know, in the in the automobile industry, obviously, you know, it's, it's not long before a feature, you know, let's let's go way back and say power windows is quickly adopted by every single car in the industry across, you know, a wide variety of manufacturers. Uh, so the question we're going to delve a little bit into, and you'll hear some different perspectives from from each of us in this episode is, you know, what is inspired by, you know, borrowed by, what is an industry trend that is then replicated by other brands, and what is a direct copy? How does that make you feel? How does that change your purchasing decisions? And, and you know, none of us are here to tell you what's right or wrong. We're going to share our personal perspectives um, and just have a dialogue about it, because obviously it's, it's been kind of a hot topic. But before all that, we want to dwell into just, you know, naming some of the similarities between the two helicopters. Uh, so initially, in the early renders of the Align TV70, it looked like it was going to have a sealed transmission case, uh, very similar uh, to the RAW 700 from SAB, and not only similar, but literally the physical styling of the sealed gearbox uh, was almost identical to the RAW. Uh, you know, the top of the RAW gearbox has a very uh, distinct appearance, and it was replicated almost, you know, to the uh, no, I don't want to say to the millimeter, but physically it appeared exactly the same. Um, the helicopter has no boom supports, which is new for a line, but that's definitely a trend that we've seen across you know most helicopters in the industry. I don't know that you'll see many helicopters released in the future that include boom supports. I think that trend's kind of done at this point. Here's a feature that was really almost a direct copy here. The belt tensioner in the TB70 in the rendering, literally down to the color of the belt tensioner matches the uh, belt tensioner in the RAW 700. If, you, if you've never owned a RAW 700, you'll notice that, uh, or you should know that the way you tension the belt is, is the, the belt tensioner mechanism um, that's on a spring has a physical indicator that passes through the side of the frame. And the goal is to get this little sort of nib that sticks out from the tensioner level with the side of the frame as you tension the belt. And that's when you stop tensioning it. 
Uh, and the TB70 appears to have the exact same deal. Obviously, no one's seen the build manual to this piece, so I don't know if it'll have the same belt tensioner that clamps onto the boom, similar to the SAB raw uh, or not. Uh, the TB70 also uses a uh, motor belt. Um, obviously, a lot of helicopters do that, um, but it's not a pinion and gear uh, type layout. Uh, the TB70 has a extremely similar servo layout uh, to the RAW 700. Again, this layout is a little bit of a classic in the helicopter world. You know, it's not new, but what was very similar between the two is that the elevator servo bracket, you know, bolted to the to the gearbox is, is you know, essentially exactly like the RAW 700 uh, in that way. Uh, the The upper and lower frame arrangement with the battery tray location is very similar to the raw but again you know you could make an argument that that's you know across a lot of different helicopters extremely similar skid layouts and method of attachment to the frames you know the raw 700 has these skids with these little triangle brackets that you screw into the into the base of the skid or the top of the skid i should say uh and that's you know almost a direct copy and again you know this Design language is a term we use in my industry, which is, you know, a, a way that physical things are shaped and the way they fit together. Um, it's a departure from a lot of what a line has done in the past. Um, and it's dang similar to what SAB is doing currently. So when design languages shift like that, you know, it's okay to question, you know, why, why is that? Um, you know, the canopy attachment is very similar, but again, you know, that sort of translates across brands. Uh, fairly often uh the fl the excuse me the fbl plate and the general layout of components in the helicopter is exactly the same as the raw 700 uh and then the skid design uh which i spoke of earlier uh is the same and i I think that's really a lot of the the parallel or similar design features and again i'm not making any commentary here about what's a copy what's not a copy i really just wanted to list you know here are the things that people saw as similarities uh between the two did i did i leave any out anybody is there anything else anyone else saw that i that i didn't mention here a couple minor things like the motor pulley is very very similar um <clears throat> the main gear on the secondary shaft is almost identical where the one way usually is on a raw um and then you kind of mentioned the the tail belt tensioner with the little piece that sticks out the side but if you look at the side cutaway as well, the spring arrangement in there, the cap that goes in at the bolt down the center, the spacer that's in there, and the wheel itself is that is a complete image of SAB's belt tensioner. Right on. Those sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, there's some unique stuff too. No more happy endings. No more. <laughs> No more. <clears throat> but like their anti-rotation bracket is on the opposite side from what SAB does. They didn't angle the front aileron and pitch servos like SAB does. Um, obviously, the side frames are a little different. The angles are sort of similar. That's kind of, I think, what everyone saw initially and went, hey, that kind of looks like a raw. And then you look closer and go, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the front ESE mount and gyro mount up. Uh, I guess, is it a gyro mount? The plastic tray up front is No, the gyro mount looks like it's in the rear. There's literally a similar plate to the same location yeah. of the raw that I saw. I see that. Yep. And the battery release is substantially different too. So at least they've got some unique features in there. Yeah. So, so the question is, 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 you know, what makes 
a clone a clone? What makes a copy a copy? And what are just industry trends that we're seeing repeat across brands? Here's what I think, man. A clone is a one-for-one of a whole heli, right? This isn't that, I don't think. This looks like um, there are a lot of... Okay, so here's the score, man. And I think that everybody ruffling their feathers and getting all in a huff about this, people seem to forget that SAB has created, hands down, probably some of the most phenomenal helicopter hardware that any I've ever seen any brand ever make, ever, and probably since, right? And other helicopter brands will try to do the same thing or get close, right? But they're not going to be the same thing. They never will. SAB is this force, this thing. You see what they do with jets? Holy shit. In short, I think everybody's bitching over nothing. And a sealed drivetrain is a rad idea, right? Kudos to SAB for coming up with it. You know, it doesn't require the maintenance. It's it's way less fiddly. It's you just drop it in. You know, it's reliable. So why doesn't other man? You know, other manufacturers should just be doing that all over the place. So for a line to come out with a seven hundred class helicopter that has similar parts, not just that drivetrain, right? But the way the uh, the frame is two part, the way it is, there's a reason that guys at SAB decided to do that because it's much more crash worthy. Everything is stacked all up there. Nice and tight up along the boom and up up closer to the head and all of that. You know, and it's not a cop. They're not copying that. All that happened is the same thing that uh, is similar. Okay. It's similar to how Elon Musk changed the name of the game with EVs. Everybody knew they wanted to try it, but nobody actually did anything to it. So he just blew the doors off it. But the difference here is he's like, yeah, copy me. Do this. Give me, give, make competition. Let's make an entire industry like this. And so in the, in the spirit of development, you know, it would be, I think, different if there, you know, if there, if somebody came out with a clone of a goblin, yeah, the, the keyboard warriors definitely would come out and be like, what the fuck? But this isn't the same thing, right? This is a whole different market of person that's going to buy this helicopter, I think. Maybe not a different market, but the two are adjacent to each other and overlap slightly, right? But it's not... It doesn't have to be this crazy product war that everybody's trying to make it out to be before the thing even exists. It's it's just a render right now. And I don't know, you know. And to see a whole bunch of... I guess you could say it's a whole bunch of wallets in the end, really. Um, barking up up the internet tree about this whole thing. And then a line releases a render where they change the way the drive train looks, apparently. You know... I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to feel about that. You know, is it that, is that some sort of revolutionary thing where the masses got big corporations, to, you know, big corporate behemoth to change something? Or is that a company struggling to satisfy an unsatisfiable um, market right now? You know, and maybe that is more like what it is. And it's part of that same spirit that um, Dan was talking about earlier about there's just this weird tribalism that's going on behind SAB, the, the way people feel about SAB. Look, here's the score. That helicopter is the shit. SAB, everything they make is gold, all right? And everybody knows it, and everybody wants one, right? Not everybody can have one. So if a line makes a helicopter that maybe the price point is a little bit different, I don't think that's going to hurt Goblin's bottom line or SAB's bottom line. 
at all, right? You know, I can't buy one of their helicopters. So I'm going to, I want to buy a helicopter. Maybe I'll buy something that costs different. Maybe, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do. But the point is, I think it's all a bunch of faff and everybody needs to just chill the fuck out. That's it. <laughs> so, Great. That's how yeah, I feel. I, let, let's back up a little bit from there. Um, and thanks for sharing that, Rob. Uh, yeah. I think we can all agree, and, and tell me if anybody feels different. Uh, uh, Devin, what would you describe as the definition of a clone helicopter? How would you describe that? A, cl- a clone helicopter? See, I would say one-off one for everything. So if if you take, like, back in the day, if anybody remembers the Align 450s when they first came out, and then a couple months later there was another company that came out for like half as much and it was an aligned 450 to the T same exact frame cut out, yep. same landing yep. gear, same everything. That's what I view as a clone where it, yep. it, that's what I view as a clone there. And to have companies innovating off of other designs though, and going, Hey, that works really well. We should try that. I just give, I give props to the company that was the first company that stepped up to do it. Cause now they're getting other companies like Align that hasn't really produced a new newer style like boom supportless heli and ever and they were kind of falling off off the wagon there at the end and not a lot of people are flying them anymore and now they come out with this i i think props to them for that yeah i, I think you bring up a good point i mean i think we can all agree that a clone is really a direct part by part copy like literally you can interchange the parts between them and we've definitely seen that uh, in the past in this hobby, um, whether it's copies of some of the earlier Goblin models or the, the earlier Align models, you know, and I think we can all agree that the, the TB70 is definitely not a clone, uh, despite some of the accusations we've seen online uh, from some yeah. of our, our favorite keyboard warriors. Is there, is there anyone that disagrees with that statement? Nope, I agree completely. That's exactly yeah. what a clone is. Yep, I concurred. So then, then I guess the question we want to delve into is, is you know, what, what's the difference between uh, industry inspiration? And, and I want to preface this by saying, like, me personally, when I say here's the company that's creating a lot of the innovations in the hobby, and, and one of the things that we're blessed with in this hobby is we have a lot of companies doing that, right? Like XL Power yeah. Nick Maxwell just had a glueless, you know, tail push rod. Um, you know, SAB created the tail belt tensioner for the boom in the SAB yeah. raw 700. You know, we have all these different manufacturers and I'm sure, you know, Devin, you can name some things Oxy've done and some other manufacturers. Yeah. Um, like all of these, you know, main manufacturers in our hobby all innovate. Right. And, and we're very fortunate for that. And for me personally, when I see someone innovating, when I see companies at the forefront of the hobby, I'm more inclined to spend my money there. Because I appreciate the R&D they're putting in. I appreciate the investment they're putting in. Uh, I like the innovation. I, I dork out over things like a cool new way to do a tail push rod. Again, the dumbest part of the yeah. helicopter. Doesn't really make the thing fly any better. But innovation on parts that don't really improve flying characteristics interests me, right? Like I just dork out on all those changes. So uh, it makes me want to spend my money at those companies. It doesn't necessarily make me want to buy someone that copies from, you know, someone that copies those things. But you know, what's the difference between stealing? I don't want to really use that word. It's not really stealing, but, you know, something that's problematic, um, you know, intellectual property theft versus being yeah. inspired by. 
and following trends. I feel like I was going to say, I feel like this particular model really blurred the lines. And the reason I say that is the heli itself isn't a clone. The design isn't necessarily a clone, but there are key components that they've dropped into this model that are clones. So like if you look at it in different levels, the helicopter itself isn't a clone, but they did copy some stuff. And that's why I think people kind of go at it a different way and feel a certain way about it because like those skids, those, those little triangles in the skids, that's a carbon copy, you know? Whereas if they just spent another couple weeks on this model and they changed up the parts that they were kind of taking for inspiration, but weren't going to make a, a duplicate of, I think it would have been much, much more well-received. So how much are we going to split the hairs here, though? Because So let's talk about the little triangle doodad thing that holds the skid on. If they would have made that a trapezoidal shape, but still had some of the weight savings of it not being a full square and had it bolted on with just one bolt just the same way, would we be bitching the same because the shape was no. slightly different? Yeah, no. I don't think so. I, mean, I really think that I, it's different. So are we saying that a company, to avoid the suspicion of intellectual property theft, when they see something that weighs a tenth of a gram less than a trapezoid because it's a triangle and some other company already made that triangle instead, they're like, oh, fuck it. I guess we got to spend that extra tenth of a gram more to avoid a lawsuit. That's what we're saying. I don't, I don't know that anyone's suing anybody at this point. Uh, but No, I me, know it, that. But I mean, if you listen to the if you if you stick your toe into that hot tub and you feel the temperature of the climate when people talk about this thing, people are want. I mean, people are like ready to get a Sharpie out and make a sign. And go and stand in front of somebody's building somewhere. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I mean, I you're mean, right. Come but on. The, the question is, is it's not really about one detail, right? Like, I think we can look at any one of these very, you know, strong similarities between the two helicopters uh, and say, well, this one's a little fishy. And, and the skids is a great example, right? Like the triangle attachment is damn near an exact uh, copy but I think the, the important thing for me anyway, as I look at this, is I look at the number of copies, right? Or number of similarities, I should say, not copies. Yeah. There's and a, when you there's add those all up, those it shapes my thing. opinion. So when you look at the belt tensioner and the skid attachment and, you know, the, the list goes on, that shapes my opinion stronger than one detail. Uh, understood. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's a large amount of those on one machine, it seems like a large amount of very, very similar inspirational innovations, as we could call it, I guess, that they chose to pick all at the same time to put on the helicopter all at once, I guess. I mean, I guess I, I, I guess I see the point, right? I see the point that people are trying to make, but the the way I see it is, I mean, whatever, I said it before. SAB doesn't have anything to worry about that somebody else created a helicopter that's similar. Now, if somebody created a clone, it sounds like somebody mentioned a little bit earlier that somebody actually did make a full-on clone of a Goblin helicopter. Get the fuck out of here with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. I mean this. This is. I yeah. mean, this is a little Hell's bit different. RC. I mean, at some point, at some point, I project this conversation out five years. At some point down the line, just about every helicopter, the bottom half of it will basically be nothing but holding electricity. The top half will be tightly packed, just like the goblins are doing, and just like other helicopters are starting to do too. You know, the 
Well, it's those already conventions are just going to become standards. They're all just going to become standards, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the DFC grip arm looks the same on just about every helicopter. It's roughly the same. You end up with the same resultant geometry. Uh, most of them are held on with two bolts. You know, I mean, it's the... I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. It's just this is the we're at the precipice of those types of things occurring. It just seems like this particular manufacturer chose to run with a whole bunch of those innovations all at once, right? You know, yeah, like they're running with the whole basket here. Yeah, and some of the differences between you know when all the things start to look the same, the differences between brands become quality control. Uh, and you know how good the tolerances are between parts, right? How well do they do they fit together? How well do they stay yeah. true? How strong? How well are they hardened? You know all those things. Well, and the overall style of it, because let's face it, an Align helicopter is more in my mind when I look at it. If I had to like use a car analogy, an Align helicopter is like just a standard, like like a like a um, right off the factory line, like mid range sports car, like a Mustang. Not even a 5.0 Mustang. Maybe a 5.0 Mustang sometimes, right? But a Goblin helicopter is like going and buy and going and buying a Corvette Z1 or something like that. You know, you got to go out of your way. It's a it's a different class on all into itself. It might have the same amount of wattage coming out of it. It might have the same amount of KV. It might hold the same amount of cells or something like that. But they're different. They're on different shelves, right? The 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 goblin helicopter is in my mind it's a more boutique type of helicopter it's a more it's like a crotch rocket and this thing is like a coupe you know i don't know how to explain the difference they both perform really well right but there isn't anything either brand i think has to worry about if some parts are the same even if a lot of the parts are the same something occurred to me just this evening because we talked about a what appears to be a secondary set of renderings right with a different drivetrain what if it's a big what if no idea what if the line instead of paying for you know expensive focus groups <laughs> and market research what if they threw these renderings out just to see what they could get away with in other words let's we're, throw we're this render out <laughs> Just to kind of see how our, and I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm just speculating. It's kind of what I like to do. Um, let's see how. Let's see how people react to this particular render. What if they have like 25 different sets of renderings, all different designs, and they just decided to throw this one out just to see how it was received? Yeah, dude, maybe. That's uh, no? you guys aren't not on that one. No, I I couldn't I could I I wouldn't put it past a line to do something like that. I I could see that. Floating this one doesn't have any happy endings. We should move on <laughs> to something else. <laughs> I mean, there's a big difference between a rendering and a flight video, right? Absolutely. That teases Absolutely. a helicopter. No one's seen a physical example of this thing yet. So you might right. be right. Who knows? One thing I have to say is if for some reason that is partially true or they're currently changing the design based on the reaction, I'm very disappointed. Yeah, I, did. Here, I agree with that. I hate the fact that, yeah. that they've gone and changed what they proposed just because people flamed them for it. I mean, right. honestly, yes, SAB pioneered the whole transmission thing. But if they really took that idea and said, oh, scrap it because everyone's upset everyone just screwed themselves out of another cool platform. Like yeah, it sure. would have been simple, yeah. easy, like all in one convenient. 
And I'm not liking this new render that, that we see. It's like, on one hand, I'm Camp SAB. I love that brand. I love what they do. But I also want to see everything else progress to be like it because I would love to fly more than one brand if they all had those cool features that I love, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, innovation sure. is a stepping stone, right? It's not it's not about copying. It's about, you know, we one person comes up with an idea and then the next person elevates it. And the next person elevates it, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's a series of steps. Um, and that's important, right? We're not going to move forward as a, as a hobby if, if we... You know, insist yeah, everyone has to come up with it. completely original ideas separately from each other in a vacuum outside of what's going on in the hobby. That just doesn't work that way. Yeah, don't hoard all the love. Like a line says, follow your heart. <laughs> I, I do wonder, and, and the thing is I want to point out is that, you know, th- these additional renders, I mean, maybe it's because of backlash. Maybe it's because somebody in manufacturing at a line said, hey, this sealed gearbox costs too much money to make. I need you to go back the other way. Like mm. it could be completely driven by something, you know, sure. outside of this. And, and we honestly just yeah. don't know. So speculating there is, you know, comes with its risks. Always does. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit to get to talk about the ass hattery that I've been witness to over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, I don't know enough about the SAB designed to, to really speak. I'm mean, obviously I can look at it and see there's some similarities and, and listening to Scott and Nick kind of talk about them. It's, it's a little, you know, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Uh, there's a lot of similarities. I'll give you that. I don't know how well this is going to be received, but, but one thing that I know that I've noted that I've noticed over the last few days, and I mentioned the word tribalism So I'm going to preface this with saying that this hate and discontent that is just rampant. uh, One of the reasons I decided I'm going to buy one of these is because I can't even count how many times I've heard people, read people, people's statements saying shit like, oh, if you buy this, you're a fuck. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, right. That that statement right there, guess what? I'm, I'm... I'm going to the business at midnight, waiting until nine o'clock in the morning. I'm getting the very first one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Keep all that stupid bullshit over on your political post meme. Yeah. And the Facebook man. So we're here. This tribalism, these manufacturers, these, these companies, they've, they are what created this tribalism in the hobby. And, And Scott, you mentioned last week, in your early days when, you know, you were asked to join the AMN team, you mentioned something that really resonated with me because it's, it's how I remember the hobby back in the early days to be a part of something like that was something special. Not everybody could be part of a team. So what we have created over the past several years, and it started happening at the end, you know, Compass. I remember back in the early days, Compass and all their team members and everybody was a, you know, a rep at Compass. They were like, for whatever reason, that's the one I remember the most from the early days. So you've got all these folks, everybody, everybody's a team. Everybody's on somebody's team. And now you have a bunch of folks who feel obligated to say shit like you're a fuck 
if you buy this buy this crap because they are they are on a team they are a part of a tribe they they feel like they need to defend for whatever reason i don't know because what what does it mean if you're on a team you get a discount you're a locked in customer right you're a locked in customer because now you can't play anybody else's craft or anybody else's helicopter you have to buy the parts you're going to be a customer. You're locked in. And that may be fine and well for somebody because they just like this machine. It's the only machine they're ever going to fly. I've never been like that. Uh, I've had many different helicopters from many different manufacturers. And something I've, I've loved something about all of them, right? Hated things about all of them as well. But you've created, th- this. this atmosphere has been created where, like I said, people are feeling obligated if they see anybody step out of line well now they're obligated to say shit that they probably wouldn't say to you face to face because they're you know behind the safety of a of a computer screen right and that's kind of the way of the world this day in this today's world anyway i guess so maybe i shouldn't be too surprised but i really feel like that that's a problem that's a problem for the hobby and some folks mentioned you know i don't personally i don't give up i don't care I don't fucking care whose helicopter you fly. I don't care who you support, whose machines you love and whose machines you hate. The simple matter of fact is, you know, the, the, one of the founding principles of RC Heli Nation is the tribe is all of us. We are all pilots of RC, you know, of RC helicopters, right? We all love this hobby. I don't love SAB. I don't love Align. I don't love Soxos. I love RC helicopters. Yes. I love to watch them fly. I like to watch people like Scott and Devin rip it up. I like to watch new people that get the thrill of their first flight. I, it just brings you back to that time when you are brand new to the hobby and you're by yourself or you might have a friend. But you put that machine into a hover and you're looking at it and you're going, holy fucking shit. I'm yep. controlling this machine. Yeah, It's responding it. to my commands and it's doing, hopefully, what I tell it to do, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it's that purest. It's that, it's that pure view, that experience. But it's not, it's not that anymore. Now it's brand specific product placement if you buy this you're a fuck yeah <laughs> exactly i saw i mean i see posts so often that say why dream about flying the best go ahead you just need to buy this helicopter okay well that's that's great i i can appreciate that you really like your helicopter but i kind of like mine right mm-hmm. i kind of like mine yeah. and that's okay right the hobby need we need to get back to, and I, I know it's it's a minority, and we we you know kind of over the last few days in our group chats between the the five of us, we've talked about this, and I get that. I understand that you know a lot of what we're seeing are you know kind of that vocal minority of people who are just not happy, regardless, and they like to bring that that angst into the hobby. They they're like. They're not flying helicopters because they enjoy it. They're looking to helicopters as an escape from whatever misery that they're suffering, right? 
the, uh, whatever, whatever their life is, whatever's going on, it's an escape instead of an enjoyment. And they're not happy. So what, they, what do they do? They get on the, the social media and they just go off on people for wanting to be, for being excited about something like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention it's, bad manners, dude, like straight up. I don't know, guys. It just, it was really telling. And I just don't, I don't recognize it. It's that energy, man. That's what we, you know, it's that negative energy. Oh. It's just uh, that it's, I don't know. It's that same kind of energy where it makes a guy feel like they hear about uh, maybe a fun fly coming up and they hear about who's going to be there or whatever. And they don't want to come with what they think is their comparatively jalopy, heli and shitty flying skills because it doesn't feel like what you're talking about, Dan anymore. It doesn't feel like you're going to a flying field because everybody just loves to do that. You know, sometimes it does. I'm sure there's tons of those that, that, that are like that. You know what I mean? But whatever those, that minority of people that are the bad apples that bring that energy in like that, it just starts to bleed over into other facets and it just dilutes it. And it's, it's not, it's not necessary. Our hobby is not, doesn't, doesn't need any of that negative energy involved with it. No, it doesn't. And it, it doesn't, doesn't make sense and me, why somebody would want to inject it anyway. You know, it doesn't right. make any sense. The thing of it is too, guys, and, and I don't want to paint this with a broad brush. I mean, I get it. I mean, you go, you go to a fun fly and you don't really see this. I'm sure it happens. I'm, I'm sure it does happen. Uh, but you don't really see it, you know, where people are, I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. I've never really seen anybody really get down on somebody in person at a fun fly because of what they're flying. I, you know, I don't, I'm not naive. I don't think that happens very often. The problem is, is the fun flies are just a small time, a small percentage of the time that we actually put into flying helicopters. Well, for the most of us anyway, right? Uh, we're flying at our local fields. Where are we, you know, our interactions come from social media for the most part. He, here on the East Coast, it's a little yeah. busier, right? There's more fun flies. But back home in Montana, there's only three fun flies a year. So all of the interaction, all of the interaction was coming from social media, forums, Facebook, whatever yeah. was king at the time, right? And so you have, you know, I, I don't want to say alienation of, of folks, but but I'm sure there are folks out there that were super excited about an aligned helicopter that, you know, is potentially more modern and, and good. And, and then, you know, you have the other tribe saying you're a piece of shit because you're thinking about buying this helicopter. That's not good for the hobby. It's not good for the hobby. Going I don't care on, how you look at it. Going along those lines too, like not good for the hobby. If, if these tribalism type activities worked out to the point that they got what they wanted. Let's say that everybody flew XL power or everybody flew SAB. I think you'd lose a vast majority of the, the people that participate in helicopters just because either you've priced them out of the market or they just don't like that style and they don't want to fly that. So if their smaller company goes out of business just because they can't make money selling parts against some of the other, you know, the big two or the big three, let's call them, our hobby's going to die. Like we need as many brands as possible. Like we lost yeah. synergy. Losing synergy's been terrible. 
Like you can argue that you gained Tron when you lost synergy, but that's that's not a very good way of looking at it. There's no reason we couldn't have had both, assuming things went down differently. Yep, I agree. Every year that yeah. there's a one other helicopter we can't buy, the hobby shrinks, and that's not what we want. I know I want yeah, my Yowie I- back. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I guess it's okay to be upset about this machine, but it's also okay to not be upset about this machine, right? Yeah, that's the key thing. Uh, it's okay to enjoy it and not be scorned for liking if you don't, it. Yeah, if you don't like it, don't buy it. But yeah, that doesn't the mean thing. the guy down the street that buys it is a piece of shit because he bought it, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That, yeah, I agree. I mean, that. the thing is, is, is that the most powerful... F- you know, thing you have in, in your, uh, as part of you is to vote with your dollar, right? Like whether it's, you know, political things or hobby things or whatever it is, like make wise purchasing decisions that make sense for you, right? So if you see a line copying a lot of trends from another manufacturer and that doesn't sit well with you, don't spend your money there. If you think SAB is the shit, Spend your money there. If you think Excel Power is the end-all be-all, spend your money there. But don't yep. judge someone else harshly for making a different decision, right? Make your personal choice based on the information in front of you. But, you know, uh, this this tribalism that Dan's talking about, this this infighting in the Hangout and other groups on social media, um, the, the name-calling. I mean, we pride ourselves as a hobby as talking about this fun-fly vibe all the time, right? This welcoming, everybody come. It doesn't matter if all you can do is hover at center stage. Nobody cares. We just want to see you out there with a smile on your face. We want to buddy box you. We want to get you in the air. I'm sorry, but if you've said that at some point on social media or to a friend, and then you're bad-mouthing someone who wants to buy this Align helicopter, you're full of shit, right? You're either mm-hmm. four people getting into the hobby and enjoying it and furthering it, or you're not. And, and, and if you're going to, you know, react negatively to this situation, that's fine. Vote with your dollar, but don't judge others harshly for doing so. This is not a clone situation. And that's different. I want to be clear about that, right? Direct clones and copies of other manufacturers are not okay. And I hope they die a horrible death. But this is not <laughs> that, right? Like, it's yeah. not. Like, why are we treating each other this way? Why is this all we talk about? Why are all these keyboard warriors coming out of nowhere? Like, I'm sorry, but behave the same way online as you would at a fun fly. I'm sorry. Forgive my little rant there, but I refuse. I actually, I think that I actually, I reserve the right to judge Rob for buying a steam. Oh, yeah. There's a strong difference between judging and making fun of. Dude. Uh, and that's a, that's a great point too. Uh, Nick, you bring up, uh, because it, like you mentioned, like you said, it was brought up somewhere. I remember reading it. We have always made more fun of ourselves. I mean, we make just as much fun of ourselves as we make of other people in the hobby and other brands in the hobby. It's not a judgment. We're not saying that 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 is a you know you're 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 silly for buying that. It's yeah. it's just it's just it's a joke. Okay? Just jokes, it's, man. Just jokes. It's it's um it's what friends do. I mean, I was listening to to uh, Nick and and Sean, and I, I got to tell you, if you didn't th- if you didn't know that those two knew each other, you would walk away after about ten minutes, going, "Those two, those guys fucking hate each other, man." <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to that shit. Yeah, listen to yeah. that shit. You know, but you know, it's all in good fun. It, it make look, make make fun of my socks, right? Make fun of my compass that I have sitting up here. Make fun of my I I I. I encourage it 
I, I, I'll laugh right along with you, right? Hell yeah. It's just, it's part of it. It's part of the fun of guys getting together and gals that are interested in the hobby. We have those as well. More, we need more of them as far as I'm concerned. But it's, it's just part of, it's part of the experience. Yeah, uh, people need to be okay with people making fun of their goblins from now on. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. dude, I mean, Scott, you probably remember, Devin, you probably remember, I know, Rob, you remember the shit that people who first got excited about SAB back in the turkey leg yes. days? Flying yes. turkey leg. Oh, oh my, God, yeah. my God. You know, it, it's, it's I so remember. much. Yep. So much fun was made of that. Now, look at look at where they are now. I mean, they're you cannot go to a fun fly and not see 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 of those machines, That's right? They're everywhere. They ain't got nothing to worry about, so quit right. your Again, you don't have to like it but you don't have to support it. But there are people out here who are looking forward to it and they shouldn't be made to feel any less because they are. Right? Yeah. Let's mention like, what if, you know, you're brand new to the hobby this week, right? Like this is the week that it just times out that someone has decided to get into the hobby and they discover, you know, they're trying to find information and they discover the hangout and other social media groups. Um, and they go, what the hell is going on with these people? Like, yeah. they're yeah, just they angry. They're fighting yeah. over brands. Like, I don't want to be in this hobby. Like, understand right. that, you know, this is not just about you and your buddies. You know, other people that we want to get into the hobby. You know, what? what is this show to them? Yeah, and we need people in the hobby. Heck yeah, we do. I mean, we should, every one of us should be striving to get, you know, our whatever, close friends, close relatives, whoever, our uncles, our cousins, whoever, their buddies, to try to fly a helicopter, right? It's the only way we're going to keep it going, right? And, and this this past week has just been, I don't know. I, I think, I think uh, maybe I was overreacting, but man, it really, I didn't say anything on any posts. In fact... I was less inclined to post anything on the RCHN Facebook page, anything that had any resemblance of this latest shit. I just didn't want to get involved in the drama, right? I, I mean, I could have said, I could have made a joke, right? And it yeah. just would have went bass backwards, right? Right. It just, cancel it culture style. Been, yeah, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, it just would have been horrible. And that's a damn shame, right? It's It's a shame that... That, that we think and live our lives like that in today's world, but we do. So just be mindful, I guess. Be mindful. You know, I'm also thinking about the fact after sitting here and thinking about it is with the fact of going back to the new Align, of Align coming up with a new and improved heli of their standards of what we expect from Align. How many people is this going to bring back because Align was sure. the shit? How you know yeah. what is it going to bring back to the hobby now that Align is has a newer helicopter out on the market? Yeah. Think about that as well. It's a good yeah. point. And if they you know get into the hobby and they go, "Wow, hey, look, here's this other helicopter with all these cool features similar to the one I bought because Align brought me into the hobby, but it's got these yeah. extra couple cool things. Maybe I'll try one of those." Like it, it just brings more people into the hobby. 
And that's a good point too, because if you think about that, most of us, our first, I guess, quote unquote, real helicopter wasn't a line. Yep. Uh, but they were, you know, they were decent machines. They weren't top of the line machines, but they were solid machines, yep. at least years past. I don't know about their newer models. I guess there's been some issues there. <laughs> I don't know because I've not had one. But it's 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 kind of that gateway. It's like, oh, what else is out there? Yes. Let me take a look. Now that I'm in the hobby, now that I, you know, I have uh, this line, which at the time, you know, t- years past, it was available everywhere and anywhere. Um, what you know, what else is out there? Oh, look at this SAB. Look at this whatever. Look at this XL Power. I might buy one of those because nobody, they're like Lay's paper chips, man. No, nobody yeah. can have just one. That's how it was for right? me at the beginning. It was Thunder Tiger, then a line, then after that, everything else. Right. You know, there's another another angle of this we haven't addressed either is is what if a line is kind of testing the waters too, just to see if there's interest in the hobby for them to invest money in development. Like I feel like over the past few years, a line really hasn't done a whole lot except, you know, change some boom lengths and that's it. Like their product line's been mostly the same. So now they're actually investing some money and some time in engineering something to see if, hey, is it worth diving deeper into helicopters again and trying to, you know, regrow our brand? And we may have just shot ourselves in the foot here with how we act yeah. over this thing. Yeah. I don't oh, know. That's see. a depressing... Oh, man, thanks for bringing it down, Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> lower, lower. Oh, not that low. Oh. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> No, but really, like I want, I want companies to see value in the hobby. I want them to see that they want to invest their time and effort and and resources into making us idiots happy. Yep, dude, and I that's want a, that's a tough, that's tough, yeah. that's a tall order, man. Yeah. Making us idiots happy. Oh my god. Yeah. And let's I face see it, more. Like, no one's becoming millionaires in this hobby, right? These manufacturers aren't making gajillions of dollars, right? Like I, you know, so the the reaction is just not worthy of the impact. Agreed. Wait, they're paying you guys? Should we beat guys? this dead horse one more time? <laughs> oh, yeah, you get yeah, paid on this podcast. Did you know that? No. Yeah. You get five spankings a week. Ooh. <laughs> Look out, uh-huh. Devin. Oh, <laughs> I'm not the F and G anymore. Yeah. Scoot oh, over yeah, in that I van. Oh. oh, the van's been... I sold the van. Sorry, Oh, Devin. God, no. Oh. Yep. Who'd you sell it to? I don't know. I just... I felt like it had to go away, man. It was like too much temptation. It just rolled down the hill. It was just distracting from your flying, admit it. It was. I just, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go to a fun fly knowing the van was there, knowing Devin was there. I just couldn't do it. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a thing of the past. Thing of the Vanished. Past. Gone with the wind. Just like that. Yep. Well, I think we're about ready to wrap this one up. What do you guys think? I'm, oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We've set our piece. Yeah. I think we all agree for the most part, uh, one way or another. That's the way it's written in the contract anyway, <laughs> that, you all, that you all agree with me. That <laughs> Only kidding. Only yes, kidding. sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <That> was, uh, <laughs> can, we, can we do a little final round here? Like, would yes, you staff, buy sorry, it under the circumstances? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I think we should. Yeah. Yep. I think we should have uh, RCHN a line TB70 that we just pass around to get our opinions on it. Oh, yes. It's not a bad idea. 
then all of us could have an opinion on it. We could if and there you go. see com- do some comparisons as well. You get it last because it'll be unrecognizable afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I think Scott should have it last because that might be the spectacular. You and Scott are last together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we share. Dibs on the cyclic stick. Guys, I'll be sure to put my secret sauce on it for you. Oh, <laughs> there yeah. you go. Five C charge rate all the way. That's oh, right. So, Dan, what about you? Interested, non interested? Absolutely. I'm getting one as soon as they're available. Rob, thoughts? I will purchase. <laughs> I will purchase. <laughs> you said that. Devin? It's it's very intriguing. That's for sure. But no, I'm not going to Non-committal, Devin. That's pretty non-committal. I mean, you know, you, you oh, can put all the team I, shit away for now. Like just okay. if you were a consumer in the hobby. Yes, I would buy one. Yes, I would buy one. That's my Scott? honest opinion. Um, It's hard to say. Uh, I'd lean towards yes, but... If they came out with a nitro version of this in the same configuration, it would be an immediate purchase. Okay. <laughs> because the yeah. world needs a good belted 700 that's durable. So I, th- I think I might be the only one with a different perspective then. Um, I feel like because of I work in a very creative industry and intellectual property is, is such a thing in my world and in my work world um, and amongst my friends professionally. To me, when you borrow too many things from another person, it's it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And so, for me personally, you know, I would never purchase this. If a, if a line said, "Hey, we want you to do a build video. We're going to hand you this helicopter," I would say, "Thank you, but no, thank you." Um, oh, as much as wow. I'm intrigued, I just feel like mm, this is not what I want to support with my dollar. And I don't judge anyone differently. And this is much like how I feel about Tron and Synergy. If you fly a Tron, more power to you. I personally won't purchase one because of my own feelings. And and that's a whole other story. But, you know, I feel really strongly about, you know, learning and researching and then making personal purchasing decisions based on how I feel. And for me personally, it's not the helicopter for me. I'm going to give my money to the folks that, that innovate Versus those that follow, but that's me. You know what? You know what's coming next? Ouch! I you're don't know. Fuck, we're not. You're a fuck. Quick question: While we're on that, is that your stance as it sits with the current renderings, or even if it comes out in actuality, and a lot of these things that are you know smell a little funny as far as how close they are, if those have all been addressed and it's all more unique now, would you still be in that camp? You know, I'm, I'm not afraid to update my opinion. You know, if, if okay. things change and a line says publicly like, hey, we understand what happened. We've made some updates, whatever. You know, I'm willing to look at it with fresh eyes and make, make a new decision at that point. Um, but I won't say that what's happened in the past doesn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. Right. And I agree with that. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. I can respect that. But I won't care. Like if if all of you buy one, I'm not going to like be mean to you or or call you a fuck. I'm going to call you a fuck for a million other reasons, but not for that one. (laughs) Oh, we're going to take pictures of you holding it, Nick. That's what we need to do. That would be a fun thing to try and trick him into. Yes. Like, can you, can you hold this? I need to plug in my battery and then just like step back, take a picture. Hey, Nick, can you hold my raw for me? Thank you. Can you hold my gaster, Nick? I'm not falling for that anymore. So Sean Hall took a picture of me holding this little white balance, like white card. And he's been like, 
you know, threatening to send me images of different text written on this white thing I'm handing <laughs> holding up. So now I'm not going to be. Oh, first. damn. He's got you now. He oh, does man. have me. So, so wait for those images to come out. I can't we'll wait. work for pitch links. Exactly. <laughs> Except it'll probably say bitch links. <laughs> Whatever that is. Oh, man. We'll work for Nitro. Yeah, that's, that's valid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All righty, guys. I think we should wrap this one up. Devin. I wanted to get in touch with you. How would I do that? Uh, Devin McClellan on Facebook. You could shoot me a text through there or uh, email Devin at RCHNV3.com. Scott, you don't have an RCHN uh, email address yet. I don't. I'm unloved. But you will. You will. Excellent. Excellent. How would I get in touch with you otherwise until we get you a a real email address? All right. So easiest way, Facebook, search Scott Graham. Find a doofhead there that has a helicopter in their hands. That's probably going to be me. And uh, yeah, email me at my future email in the next episode. <laughs> Nick. Uh, if you don't like me, my opinion, you can email me at dankreed at uh, rchnv3.com. <laughs> uh, but if you agree with me and want to pat me on the back, you can hit me up at nickwisdom at rchnv3.com or on Facebook what? at nickwisdomrc. You can reach me at dan at rchnv3.com, Dan K. Reed on Facebook. Please check out our webpage, www.rchelionation.com. No, that's not right. That is not right at all. <laughs> www.rchnv3.com and uh, locals and all that other good jazz. Last but not least, Rob, how would I get in touch with you? Dan, so if you want to get in touch with me, the, what you have to do is you have to go um, – to uh, the farm where uh, Papa Pickup La Pupula has his circus there. And you have to get Pee Wee's girlfriend, Gina. You have to convince her to let you hijack her carriage part of the uh, circus train that they have. And then you have to ride that um, over to Scott's house and park it out front and um, write your message on the front of the carriage. And then when he comes out to go to work, he'll nearly back into the thing and he'll have to stop and try and figure out what it is. But he'll see the message and then he'll let me know what it is and I'll get a hold of you and I'll answer your question or whatever. Um, but if you're afraid of Pee Wee Herman or um, the circus uh, or you don't know who Papa Piccola Pupula is, then just email me at rob at rchnv3.com. Uh, you can hit my Facebook up at NextGenRC. I'm on there. Um, Instagram, same thing. And youtube.com slash NextGenRC if you prefer. So, Rob, do you just watch obscure movies during the week to come up with these references? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my brain is just full of a tremendous amount of useless knowledge. So Fantastic. Wow. Yep. Alrighty, guys. Well, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Yeah, man. And take something away from this episode, man. You can talk amongst your friends about this issue without fighting and without calling each other a fuck. <laughs> Shut yeah. up, you fuck. Amen, brother. Nick, you're a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fuck. No. Bitchin' about hellies. Mm. Ah. Mm, you're a fuck. <laughs> ah. Mm. Ah. No bitchin' about the hellies. Uh. Mm.